Welcome everyone to the Football Addicts Anonymous podcast. As always, I have Chris Sherry. I got Mark here. Grateful to be back. Each week I can be back. We're back in person for the first time in a million years. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we had a pretty solid weekend of FCS football. We also had the March Madness going on here still, down to the Elite Eight now. So a lot of sports going on. I love that football's in the spring. <laughs> I was on campus for one game and didn't even realize that they were having a home game. Yeah, not as not as much um, not as much free agency news this weekend, but. Uh, well, and the show, like we did on uh, Friday with our mock draft series today. Chris, we're doing your ASC East, mm-hmm. your Jets. I'm excited for J E T S. With the Draft Network's mock draft sim. So uh, we'll get to that at the end of the show. But let's get this thing going here. Need to, before I share the screen, I'm going to, you know, I don't want to show. I don't want to show the would you rathers. Chris doesn't need to see oh, those yet. Oh, come on. That's the most fun. He doesn't need to see that yet. He doesn't need to see that. He doesn't know what it is. Would All you right. rather have nope. my beard or his? I'll take Chris's. <laughs> I will take Chris's. So, let's start out game recaps here. Big time win. Mercer upsetting number nine Chattanooga. I did not see that coming. Um, I thought Chattanooga was easily going to beat Mercer. Uh, internet connection unstable. That's great, Mark. What is your Wi-Fi doing in your house? <laughs> I think they can still hear us. They were just giving us a message. But yeah, for the second straight week, though, Cole Copeland has played very well for Chattanooga. Uh, I don't. I didn't watch the game, so I don't know if he came in in relief of Drayton Arnold for the second straight week or not. But it seems like Cole Copeland should be the quarterback going forward. He didn't have as many yards, but the, the completion percentage was way up and. Same amount of touchdowns. So. Hundred percent about completion percentage, and that right? you got to complete passes to move it downfield. What I love about this game is it, it's kind of close to home. We have somebody that works with um, Rusty and I, and her brother is on the Mercer offensive line. She was there. They had a bit of a rain delay and lightning <laughs> delay. Was like, wasn't it like two and hours? Wayne sent some messages to me, and she's like, "I hope Missouri's good. Are you at the Missouri State game?" And I said. Oh my gosh, I'm right down the road, 40 minutes away. I forgot they were playing at home. Drove there, watched Missouri State on campus. Didn't have a ticket, but watched the campus looks down into it. And we were trading scores. And she's like, we just pulled the upset. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I really, I'm surprised it was even a one-score game looking at how the scores broke down. Because Mercer scored and made it. 14-point game, 35-21 to 21 with 1-34 to go. Chattanooga went down the field in 21 seconds, seconds yeah. <laughs> to get within seven. So it was really, I mean, especially when you look at the win probability chart, literally it was Mercer pretty much three-quarters of the game. So I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, definitely good win for Mercer. Good win for Alex's boy. He's their kicker at Mercer. Yes. Or I don't know if he's the kicker, but he is a kicker. But he's on the team. Uh, so, yeah. Dim Bears. <laughs> Rawr. Uh, solid performance by Lance Jackson for Chattanooga there. Over 100 r- rushing, two touchdowns. Um, yeah, a lot of other weird lesser rushing yards, but they scored touchdowns. So. 
<laughs> Ethan Durham? Is that did I yeah. three receptions, ninety one yards. That's a thirty point three average. Big time. I know it's only three receptions, but if you can average thirty yards a catch, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I think one of the biggest things in this game, though, not to spend too much time on it, uh, you know, granted, they it was they were only minus one Chattanooga was in turnovers, but uh, Jamal Mays there, two fumbles, uh, and then the only other turnover for Mercer was Carter Peavy's interception. So to be difference in the game. Yeah, conference game. Alrighty, uh, Mercer cover plus ten and a half over forty four and a half hit, and literally, dude, we're gonna go on a run. Uh, I don't feel like counting right now but almost uh, most of the games this week went over which is crazy because uh when jack was on on friday there uh there's a couple games that were over 60 for the over under and uh they went over so anyways next game here i called it the game of the week uh, probably didn't pan out as the game of the week. I don't know. I wasn't able to watch it because it wasn't on ESPN+. Plus. The uh, Colonial Athletic Association is not on uh, ESPN+, Plus this spring. So, But, anyways, number 11, Delaware, beat number 18, Rhode Island, 35-21. to I did call that, though. I did think the Hens were going to win. Nolan Henderson, very solid game. Not as many yards, but very efficient. And he did enough to get the win. But the, it didn't really matter because he didn't have to do it. He didn't really have to do anything when you have Dijon Lee running for 221 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> I agree 100% there. I, I'm not even going to dive into stats in this one. I just I get a feeling that Delaware is a pretty good team. You want to you peg them at 11. You want to peg them at not ranked. You want to peg them more than 11. I think Delaware actually is a pretty good team. That doesn't mean they're going to win this thing. This spring, but I think they have the ingredients to go on a run come playoff time. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you you also have uh, Corey Spruill there, God. their their second back, second leading back with eighty eight yards on fifteen carries. I mean, two running backs combining for over three hundred rushing yards is uh, probably going to win you the game. And your, I, I would your, say your so. quarterback seventy seven percent completion. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, I forgot to put the slide in, but that's all right. Anyways, uh, yeah, blue hens, good. Uh, I think that... Who doesn't like a blue hen, too? They're, I think, <laughs> I think I've said this before, but I'm pretty sure they're going to win the, the CAA this, this year in the spring. I mean, their only real... This was really their test. Yeah. Until the conference championship where they're going to have to run into the number one team in the country and James Madison. But that is besides the point right now. They will most likely win the Eastern Division there. But unlike the format of the fall football, both would get into the playoff system. Regardless if they lost to James Madison. I don't know. We'll have to see. Only 16 instead of 24 teams this spring. So How could you make these two teams not get in? Pretty much uh, conference champions and uh, three. I believe there's, I believe there's three at large bids out of the sixteen. So, all right, uh, Delaware covered minus nine and a half uh, and over forty nine hit. What a hung is big, massive amounts of points in this one. I knew it was going to be that way. I was just on mm-hmm. the wrong side of it. 
in terms of my parlay. Chris, for the second straight week, my FCS parlay lost by one team. Um, <laughs> and this was the one. I had I had Incarnate Word plus seven and a half. I thought they were a lot better than this. Uh, but really, it was 21, uh, 21 early. Um, but that's yeah, a, that's a number 17, Nickel State upsets number 13, Incarnate Word 75, 45. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> it was 20 to 14 after the first quarter. Uh, and really, I think the turning point was when Nickel State, or yeah, Nickel State got the first stop of the game and held Incarnate Word to a field goal to make it 20 to 17. And then Nickel State broke mm-hmm. their back with Dante's. Uh, Costly's 90-yard kick return touchdown literally the play after they kicked that field goal to make it a 27-17 <laughs> game and it was all nickel state after that. So guys, that that that's a whole that's a lot of points. I don't mm-hmm. I don't care if you're ranked or not ranked. That's a lot of points scored, a lot of points given up. This I game, mean, wow. Nickel State's been doing that all season so far though. I mean, they've been scoring a ton of points. I mean, this is, I think, the most they've given up so far. But uh, no, yeah. If I was on the show on Friday night, I would have definitely, I would have been saying that Nickel State was going to win this one. So, well, I, I wish I was there for you on Friday, Rusty. But oh well. Well, that's the thing, though. Nickel. This is this was Nickel State first game after a two week. Two weeks ago was when they got blown out in a in a very surprising game when they lost 71 to 17 against Sam Houston State and now you know they come back they're refreshed they have a bye week in between that and you know they come back with a fury and that's the thing though both of these quarterbacks are very good uh Cam Ward is a freshman for UIW um <laughs> um Lindsey Scott is a senior, so uh, definitely experiential differences there. But uh, literally, I was watching this game, and Incarnate Words defense had no answer for Lindsey Scott throwing the ball, for Lindsey Scott running the ball. They also didn't have an answer for John Carrington either. Obviously, 10 yards per carry. That's a lot of yards. Not going to get it done on defense. Uh, And yeah, I mean, it was just. 104 yards receiving by Farrell, 17 average. I mean, they're lighting up the field, guys. But, I mean, when you score 45, you should expect to to win ball games too. Does that make sense? That was the only surprising thing, I think, that there was only one 100-yard receiver. Yeah, that, that's the only one. <laughs> In a 120-point game. Wow. <laughs> There's only one 100-yard receiver and only one 100-yard rusher. Um, but that's because Nichols State in the in the – and near the end of the third quarter, they put in their backups. That's when UIW started coming back. They got around, I think, two or three straight stops on defense against the Nickel State backups, and then they started scoring on offense, and it got to, you know, 45, uh, what was it? They scored, like, three straight, yeah, 45 to 68, and then they were like, all right, well, they're going to get within three scores. We better put our starters back in. Lindsey Scott came back in. Went down, scored another touchdown with uh, Dejon Dixon there. So, yeah, it, it was a crazy game. It was fifty-five to twenty-four at halftime. Uh, it was Nickel State had already won at that point. They didn't even have to play the second half. 
but yeah, crazy game, crazy amount of points, uh, and I did not win my parlay. So, but the reason I had uh, Incarnate Word plus seven and a half was because for one they've been playing a lot better, uh, and also I thought that they could score with Nichols. And I mean it it's kind of deflating when you score 45 and you don't win. If you score 45 points, most likely you should probably end up winning the game. You score 45 points, right? <laughs> like your OC should get a high five, correct? But you're giving up 75. I don't, I don't know what happens after that. Like wow, just wow. defensive coordinator should be fired. That's what should happen. <laughs> Literally no stopping. No no stopping the Nickel State offense. Uh, Nickel State covered minus four over 69. They almost doubled that, actually. 120 total points in that one. No. All right. Uh, next one here. Holy you crap. I, baby. Number 22, Northern Iowa beat Western Illinois 34-20. But holy crap, Northern Iowa scored over 21. For the first time this season in six games, they finally got over twenty-one. Look, I don't oh know. Lord. I don't know how to communicate this any better. Growing up in Missouri, St. Louis, Springfield area, you and I at this level was like the team to beat. That's where Kurt Warner was from, and 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 different coaches, and they always had great defensive backs. And so this is weird seeing a three and three mark. I mean, you still have number twenty-two in front of them, but I, I don't remember the last time when I was growing up, at least when I saw them with three losses. Yeah, like I said, though, this is their sixth game, and they fought. This is the first time they scored over twenty-one. That has been the issue; has been scoring for them. And Connor Sampson for Western Illinois balled out. Uh, Justin Fomby didn't have to do too much. But that's the thing, though. I think once Northern Iowa got three losses after they just they got upset last week against Missouri State, I think, you know, they put in Justin Fomby. I mean, they Fomby played against Missouri State, but uh, I think they've gone to the freshman now, and they're kind of looking towards next year. Because I, I highly doubt they're going to get in the playoffs with three losses. Um especially when there's so many other good teams in the Missouri Valley. Right. So, um, you know, yeah, obviously you got to keep playing the games, but uh, not looking good for Northern Iowa's chances getting into the playoffs this year. I think for me, the, the, the rankings don't matter as much as what's in front of the, you know, like your ranking in front of your name. Yeah. A lot of times at higher levels, the rankings, people put more – into that, if that makes sense. I think you get 16 teams in, it doesn't matter if you're 18 or 20 or 22nd. Yeah, especially, uh, I mean, Northern Iowa's now there, one, two, three, four. They're sixth place in the Missouri Valley. There's no shot when they make the playoffs. I think literally the top four teams in the Missouri Valley will make it. Actually, probably the top, only the top three. I, uh, Missouri State's going to be tough to get in, but... Anyways, um, yeah, good performance by Connor Sampson and a losing effort there. Uh, also, Dennis Houston for uh, WIU there. But uh, re- really, I think, obviously, this is a 14-point game, but uh, a pretty big 
change in this game was uh, Omar Brown's there, 62-yard blocked field goal return for a touchdown. That was right at the end of the half. Uh, Western Illinois was going to try to make it um, – actually, they were going to try to tie the game at 10 to go into halftime. Um, couldn't get it done. Got blocked. Omar Brown returned it for a touchdown there. So went up 17-7 to and a half, and it was all – uh, downhill there for Western Illinois, anyways. But uh, good fight. I didn't. I didn't think they were going to score this much against a, a really good Northern Iowa defense. This is the second time Western Illinois has surprised me this year. Uh, they also scored twenty, I believe, against North Dakota, which I didn't think they were going to score that much against North Dakota either. So, yeah. I mean, they're zero five. I know there's not any consolation prizes in football, but you know, they're giving good effort against very good teams, and I mean. They're they're in the hardest conference there is. So, I mean, they're kind of like the Vanderbilt of the SCS, and mm-hmm. considering the Missouri Valley is the SEC of the SCS. So, um, Northern Iowa covered minus seven over forty two hit. Next one here, the number one team in the country, James Madison, taking care of business, blowing out William and Mary thirty eight to ten. Cole Johnson, so much better. Oh, my God. I, I know it's an easy opponent, a pretty easy opponent. You know, William & Mary is not that good. But this was the kind of game that I've been waiting for Cole Johnson because he struggled mightily against Robert Morris. He struggled um, against, I believe that was Stony Brook. No, Elon. Elon, he also struggled. So, uh this this was the kind of game I've been waiting to see Cole Johnson uh, put out there. So good game for him. Very good game for Kalen Black as well. 140 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Um, but yeah, I, I knew James Madison was going to take care of business. They have all season. So yeah, they're. Uh, I I think they're still the clear number one team in the country. But uh, yeah, I I mean. Like you said, Johnson had a solid game this this week, but uh, I don't know. I still think I, I would like to see more come out of him. I'd like to see it consistently mm-hmm. rather than just this one game. So let's see if he can continue it uh, in the weeks to come. Yeah, and I think really because they had two straight games postponed, so they haven't played for three weeks. Um I think really they got enough, they got some good practices in there in between those uh, games, and uh, I think the biggest thing for me, anyways, in terms of Cole Johnson was that he didn't turn the ball over because that had been the biggest issue against Elon and and Robert Morris. He he had turned the ball over a lot, so good good times for good game for him not turning it over this one. Um, what we'll to see how they fare. Uh, this week against their toughest test of the season, Richmond coming up in in Richmond too. Um, but another just kind of note on Johnson too. I don't know off the top of my head his uh, stat lines for previous games, but one thing I'm just noticing is he only threw the ball 22 times, which isn't that much. So maybe that could be a reason why he. I mean. Yeah, maybe that could be a reason why he didn't have any turnovers because he didn't have a lot of attempts, but I don't know. Um, He threw it 16 times against Elon. 
24 against Robert Morris, and then I don't really count the first game this season because they won 52 to nothing against Moorhead State. Um, but he threw it 14 times in that one. But, yeah, I mean, Robert Morris, he had three picks, and Elon, he had uh, one. So, yeah. So then it's not because of the attempts, then, because that's his second most of the season so no. far. Yeah. Uh, let's see. James Madison covered minus 13 over 45. The, James Madison finally hit the over, and I didn't bet it this week, Chris. <laughs> well, don't get roped back into doing it because they're not going to do it next time. <laughs> I think they will. High scoring game coming up against Richmond. I'm telling you. Alrighty. Uh, let's go to 5 and 0 VMI, number 14 VMI. Taking down Walford, 36-31. Very tough game. I did not expect Walford to be this close in this one. But uh, I was watching sort of the second half of this game, and it was back and forth. I mean, VMI had to come back. <laughs> they, they had to come back. Uh, the largest deficit was 10. They were down 17-7 to 10, 17 to 7 at halftime. Uh, got the lead at 20 to 17. Wofford took it back 24 20. Wofford eventually was up 31 30 with 143 to go. And uh, VMI marched down the field. Jacob Harris there scored the game winner. Tried for a two point conversion, didn't get it. But uh, 35 seconds to go. Wofford couldn't get enough time to get down the field. But yeah, I mean, Jacob Harris, what a fantastic game! 207, three touchdowns, all 15 receptions. My lord, that was half of Seth Morgan's stats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'm really invested in BMI now because, uh, I mean, I don't know if they're anywhere near as good as, like, Coastal Carolina in the, uh, in the fall season, but they that's the team i think of when i think of vmi because i didn't really know who vmi was going into the season i didn't know really anything about them and all of a sudden here we are with them being five and zero. and i mean yeah they they came from behind on this one and won this one so it'll be interesting to see how they uh finish out the season yeah and i think they're i mean they're easily right now probably going to win the socon the southern conference um, they're now a game up in conference play. I mean, they've been a game up, but they're five and zero in conference play versus East Tennessee State and Chattanooga are three and one. So, yeah, I think they easily have the SoCon locked up. Uh, I don't know if the SoCon has a conference championship or not because they don't have divisions. Um, when you look at the standings, but um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree. VMI, before this spring season, historically, what I knew about VMI was they sucked. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> they, I mean, they're, I think they weren't, they hadn't been 4-0 and since the 80s. I don't know the last time they've been 5-0. and So, yeah, the, the key debts are having themselves quite a mm-hmm. season here. So, uh, next game up for VMI is the second-place team in the SOCON right now, East Tennessee State. Again, I didn't think they would have a problem with Wofford, 
who is at the bottom of the SOCON. I don't think they should have a problem with East Tennessee State, but who knows? Conference play, always difficult. Mm-hmm. They end up with Citadel uh, in two weeks. So. Um, let's see. Uh, VMI was a pick so they covered. Uh, and the over 45 hit. I told you, dude, we had a lot of overs this week. Crazy mm-hmm. amount. Yeah, of- I've, I've, I've been noticing that, that there's been a lot of high-scoring games here. Yeah, until the next game. <laughs> the uh, next one was the first under of our game slate here that we had. We actually had more games uh, previewed on Friday than we have games game recaps, but that's because uh, a couple of Missouri Valley games got postponed slash canceled. Uh, specifically, North Dakota against Youngstown State got postponed. Um, Kennesaw State, Gardner-Webb postponed. New Hampshire-Villanova. Uh, postponed there. North Dakota State, South Dakota, that one was canceled. Illinois State, South Dakota State canceled. That's because Illinois State has opted out of the spring season um, after going 0-3, I think they were. Or 1-3, yeah. Illinois State opted out of the spring season, so South Dakota did not have an opponent to play. Anyways, uh, TJ Luther here, 100-yard kick return touchdown before we go to the next game which is the number three team in the country struggling for the second straight week. But they did get the win, 28-23 to over Northern Arizona. Lumberjacks putting in a good effort. Um, but, yeah, like I said, though, the second week in, the row, in a row that Weber State has struggled. Granted, last week was against the ranked team in UC Davis. Uh, but this is back-to-back home games that they've had close games. And mm-hmm. actually, this game was crazy. I didn't watch it, but I saw <laughs> the uh, game-winning touchdown on ESPN because it is quite the ESPN highlight. It was a 50-yard Hail Mary from Randall Johnson <laughs> uh, to Justin Malone. No time on the clock. They got the ball back. Uh, Northern Arizona scored um, with 17 <clears throat> seconds to go. Northern Arizona scored. So it was, yeah, it was 23-21. And then they got, they got the midfield, and they got it done. <laughs> I mean, it's... This is absolutely crazy. Uh, so, yeah, Weber State really should have lost. Uh, but, you know, mm-hmm. that's why they call it a Hail Mary. So. <laughs> yeah, um, but I don't know. I've I've always, like, you know how I am with the rankings and all that, but I, I still think Weber State's been way overranked for a while now. They've, I mean, yes, they're 3-0 and and whatnot, and they did just have that come from behind win this weekend but that single play at the end of the game changed the whole course of everything because if they didn't convert that then they lost the game so i don't know i'm interested to see where they uh, end up in the rankings this week but despite them winning and despite them being three and oh i definitely think i don't even know if they should be in the top five if if i were doing the rankings but that could be just me yeah, I mean, the saddest thing was that they were up 14 nothing after the first quarter. 
got mm-hmm. out got outscored ten to nothing in the second quarter. Went to halftime fourteen ten, and then they didn't score another offensive touchdown until the hail mary because they scored a kick return touchdown, which is that hundred yarder there by Rashid mm-hmm. Shaid. Uh, that was the first play. That was the opening kickoff of the second half. So it was twenty five to ten at that point because they got a two point conversion off that as well. Or actually, twenty-two. Uh, or yeah, I don't know why it says twenty-five. The scoring screwed up in ESPN, but yeah, twenty-five. It was twenty-two to ten, with it thirteen seconds gone in the in the third quarter, and uh, yeah, we were State coming with a fifty-yard hail mary to win the game, seventeen seconds ago. Love that play. Two two back-to-back close wins by Weber State. They uh, having struggles here, but. Uh, Again, they did get the win, though. So uh, Preston mm-hmm. Smith, solid game. Two picks there on the defensive side for the Wildcats. Um, and, yeah, like I said, Josh Davis, Drayson Hall. Drayson Hall, though, he's been playing very well. We've had Northern Arizona in a couple of these games. Uh, Drayson Hall's had a couple hundred-yard games for the uh, couple games that we've had him. So solid uh, performance by him as well. The, uh, let's see, Northern Arizona, easy, easy cover, plus 24, <laughs> under 55, our first under uh, of our slate here. But we're going to go back to the over. Uh, and Mark, this is your game. This is your game right here. This is it. This is it right here. Missouri State, three straight wins. Upsetting number 10, Southern Illinois, 30-27. to 27. Now that's two top 10 wins in a row for Missouri State. Now 500. They are tied atop the Missouri Valley Conference at 4-1. Four 4-1 and and one. Four. Four one in conference play. 4-1 in conference. Yeah, I think the overall record 4-4. Four four. They, they, they played in the fall, though. They did. They Couple played games. Oklahoma State. They played Oklahoma Petrino is the coach now. You get a lot of backlash for hiring him. I understand that 100%. Actually went and saw my mom. That's why I stepped out. She's doing good. She had a heart attack this weekend. She's stable. Uh, 90% heart failure, but she's a tough lady. Raising me, you would have to be. Um, I'm a bit of a firecracker. I actually, she lives 45 minutes away from campus. Had to go into town. And I was like, what is all this traffic? Where are all the cars going? <laughs> and I drove back to my old stomping grounds and realized they were playing a game, didn't have a ticket. But the way that the stadium is set up, you can stand outside and look into it. And I actually mm-hmm. got to see the first half. And when I was getting into my car and getting some groceries, Rusty sent me a picture and he said, for the win. And I ducked out and watched it. <laughs> Boom. Nailed it. Big time win. Yeah. Uh <laughs> So they had they had two tough losses in the fall. They could their overall record really could have been better. They they lost by seven and by nine uh, in back to back games against Central Arkansas home and home series. After that, obviously drubbing of Oklahoma forty eight to nothing. So, um, but they got their money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to keep the department going. But uh, yeah, Stone Labanowitz for Southern Illinois. He's he's really been a lot better than uh, what. I for, I forget I don't even remember the guys the guy that was playing before him the guy that got injured their quarterback um, but yeah he's he's really been playing a lot better uh, for SIU 
And, you know, SIU's been up and down. They had those top five wins over uh, North Dakota State. They beat number one North Dakota State when they were one at the time. They also beat number, uh, what was it, four, I forget, no, number five Northern Iowa at the time. Then they get blown out by South Dakota State in a 6-5 matchup. You know, I don't know. I don't know what to think about SIU. Again, just like Northern Iowa, though, in the Missouri Valley Conference, three losses, you're not going to make the playoffs. There's no, I don't care. I mean, I don't – they're ranked we'll, – we'll get to where they're ranked in the rankings when we get to that. But, uh, you know, I don't care if you're number 10. With three losses, you're not making the playoffs, uh, even with an at-large bid. So. Manning, big day for Missouri State on the oh, ground. Yeah. Fantastic. 5.4 average, four three touchdowns. touchdowns, six receptions, 117. Four leading, leading receiver in the game. Touchdowns. And what's crazy was two running backs led the way in receiving for combined for both teams. Selden Manning there, Justin Strong for SIU is the second leading receiver with nine for 96 and a touchdown. Um, but, yeah. Wonder when the last time that happened was. When the running backs were the leading receivers in the game, I wonder if that ever happened. Probably. I don't know. Um, but yeah, great twin by Missouri State, and like I said, they are tied now, and it's a four-way tie actually uh, for first place in Missouri Valley Conference: North Dakota, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Missouri State. I, I guess my question would be: Do three teams? Or two teams get out of this conference, or is it just one? That's the thing, though. <laughs> I, I think the top three. I think it's going to be tough with Missouri State having four losses. And I think the issue is is that the FCS allowed the fall play to be counted Count as in. the spring, which I think hurts some teams because there are some teams that, like Missouri State, went 0-3 in the fall. So they started the spring at 0-3. <laughs> They're four and one in the spring, but it doesn't matter because he went zero and three in the fall. So you better finish strong. Yeah, I mean they have uh, I don't know three games left, two three games. Uh, let's see what their schedule looks like here. Uh, one actually. <laughs> their North Dakota game got canceled, and their their Illinois State game got canceled as well. So they play Youngstown State in two weeks. Don't fumble. But yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if North Dakota actually opted out as well, considering that game got canceled. And I, I already told Chris Illinois State opted out uh, of the spring season after going one and three. I would have been very surprised if North Dakota opted out because they were so good this spring. I just want to look at North Dakota's schedule real quick before uh, we move on, just to make sure, see if any, if all of their games are canceled coming up or not. If, if it wants to let me click, that would be great, right? <laughs> um, the, if the uh, phone wants to work here, that's what we need to know. Oh, I guess it's the Wi-Fi that's not working, Mark. <laughs> I keep going on and off of it. And I only have one bar in here anyways, so. Uh, while we wait for that, if we will head on. Oh, yes, here we go. No, North Dakota does have one game still scheduled. Three weeks from now. In conference. Yep, Youngstown State. <coughs> Youngstown State is the last match. Oh, see that's that's the issue. I, I don't I don't know what, what why the Missouri State game was cancelled. Um 
But yeah, the North Dakota Youngstown State game this week was postponed till April seventeenth. Illinois State that hurt that hurt that hurts North Dakota though. Illinois State opting out. North Dakota was still supposed to play them two weeks from now. So, but yeah, I still love North Dakota, even though I, it's tough. I like two teams in this conference though. North Dakota, South Dakota State. It's tough to like two teams in one conference, but that's all right. I'll do it anyways. Um, Missouri State covered plus eight over 45. All right, let's go to number 15, UC Davis, getting a close win over Idaho State. Did not expect UC Davis to be this close to Idaho State. Um, This was a big one. This was a big over-under. Did not go over, unfortunately. Um, neither quarterback really great at all. Um, but, yeah, uh, there's not a lot of stats in this one. I, the, the two running backs, Land Lars and Malachi Rango, probably the stars of this game. But um, other than that, not very many eye-popping statistics in this game here. Not a lot of offensive stats. Mm-hmm. And uh, UC Davis actually won it at the buzzer with eight seconds to go. Uh, Trent Tompkins had a four-yard game-winning touchdown run there, one of their backup quarterbacks for UC Davis. So, yeah, Tyler Vanderwall did all he could. Not enough against the number 15 team in the country, though. Kenan Smith... Friday State had the interception. Evan Perkins, Algary McGuire, uh, the interceptions for UC Davis. Um, let's see here. Idaho State easy cover plus sixteen and a half, and under. Ready for this? Sixty-seven. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> big time. Big uh, over under there. Big time under. And I didn't even think it. I didn't know why it was that big uh, for UC Davis's stake. I knew why it was big for Idaho State because Idaho State's a spread team. So, mm-hmm. um, anyways, next one here. This is why I said that game coming up for James Madison against Richmond will be the game of the year, the hardest game of the year for them. Number twenty-one, Richmond. The Spiders getting the win over the Phoenix, thirty-one to seventeen. Uh, Joe Mancuso there, pretty solid performance. Um, again, not a lot of not a lot of eye popping stats here. No one over a hundred receiving or rushing. Um, no turnovers from the quarterback position. Is two bad. touchdowns by Aaron Dykes there. Uh, pretty good game over a hundred total yards. Anyways, uh, but yeah, again, not a very don't turn the ball over. You can win the ball game. game. Uh, pr- very good game for Leroy Henley there. Eight for 88 uh, through the year. Receiving. Uh, also, Tyreek Funderburk uh, for the Spiders had the one interception of the game. Spiders got the cover. Minus 12 and a half. Like that. One and a half point cover. Uh over 46 two-pointer there next game big big money 
Number 12, Eastern Washington, rolling Cal Poly, 62-10. to 10. And I feel bad for Cal Poly. This is the second week in a row. They've gotten absolutely annihilated. They're just not very good. And, oh, well, yeah, I know. We, we know Cal Poly sucks. They, they're absolutely terrible. Um, <laughs> but I feel bad when they're getting abs- like demolished every week. Because <laughs> I think their first game wasn't bad. Yeah, their first game they lost by 10 to Southern Utah. <laughs> but last week when they lost to UC Davis 73-24. to <laughs> And now you get rolled by 52 points against Eastern Washington. <laughs> but yeah, Eric Barrier there, uh, solid game by him. Even even the backup quarter, that, that's when it's sad, is when the backup quarterback scores two touchdowns on you. <laughs> uh, Gunner Talkington there for the Eagles. Three quarterbacks playing uh, for Cal Poly there. None of them doing anything <laughs> except for Hunter Rackett's one touchdown. Did run the ball for 54 yards. Um, but, yeah. Is, uh, is 11.4 average on the ground for Eastern Washington's Pierce good enough for you, Chris? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, what's your cutoff? About 4.5, five, <laughs> five, 5 yards a carry? Yeah, I like to see somewhere in the high fours. Round five, like you said, yeah. I like that average. Yeah, two guys that I really like, though, for Eastern Washington. Eric Barrier, their quarterback, obviously. But, dude, Tololo Limu Jones has been fantastic for the Eagles this whole season um, in all four of their games. So, very uh, solid player to look out for in the coming years here. Seven receptions, 147 yards. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell Johnson there, the 34-yard pick six, defensive line. Uh, that came uh, – that was their third score. Made it 21 to nothing, 28-7 to after the first quarter, 45-7 to at halftime. <laughs> That's when you know. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> Mark, what do you, tell me, what, what do you say as a coach when you're down 45-7 to at halftime? <laughs> Fat, it's not over till the fat lady says, "Keep playing, keep playing." Mm-hmm. That is an old saying. All right. Might be outdated, but <laughs> keep pushing, keep playing. It still works, though. Still We're gonna works. run our stuff. Let's run it right. Let's chip away at this score. Um, Eastern Washington covered big spread twenty minus twenty four. And guess what? The over hit. 70 points. Over under. Over Eastern hit. Washington carried that. Luckily, yep. Cal Poly scored 10. <laughs> that's always that's always the, the conundrum that you get put in as a better when you're looking at those high over unders. And it's like, well, how many is the bad team actually going to score? Are they going to score at all? And then you're like, all right, well. Let's pray they score at least one touchdown. Because <laughs> usually one touchdown gets it over um, when you're looking at the big spread blowouts. So, All uh, right. Let's go to yesterday's games. We had two ranked teams playing, and the first one on yesterday, I completely blanked on that there was football yesterday because I was watching basketball. Um, I was trying to watch nascar race but uh got rained out until today which is what we have on the tv right now 
But yeah, I completely forgot to watch these games. Uh, and I'm kind of glad I didn't watch this first one because I would have been very sad because I like Jacksonville State. But Jacksonville State, number seven team, upset by Austin P 13 to 10. Terrible game by Zion Webb. I have not <coughs> seen Zion Webb play that bad. Obviously, like I said, Four, I, I didn't I watch it. Well, he turned the ball over five times. He fumbled the ball yeah. once as well. Josh Samuel did all he could on the ground with 89 yards, but you're not going to win when your quarterback turns it over five times. I mean, you're not. It's just you're not. That's the fact of the matter. You're, you're not going to win that. <laughs> Even when your receiver goes for 10 carries in 118. Or that's that's receptions. Yeah, say. that's my bad. That's a big game by him, but you can't turn it over. Five well, times. But that's Austin P though. That's Austin Peters' receiver. Oh yeah. Uh, which is kind of sad for their quarterback, Draylon Ellis. 118 of his 211 yards. Is one, <laughs> one target. But if it's working, you go to it. This is true. A lot of interceptions in this game. Obviously, Zion Webb with four. Uh, Cam Ruffin there, two picks. All safeties. I don't know if they're actually all safeties, but that's just what position came up when I clicked on their names on ESPN. So they're all safeties right now. Terrell Vassell uh, and Jonathan Edwards there for Austin P. Nicario Harper there. Nicario Harper's actually turned out a pretty good season this year. He's been on the defensive interceptions uh, for a couple games that we've had Jacksonville State. Um, so did, does that bode well for Jacksonville State that you gave up four interceptions but only allowed someone 13 points or you gave up four interceptions and you just lost the game like you can fix four interceptions right hopefully you were still in the game which is remarkable in 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 my opinion well I, i mean this completely changes i mean i don't know if it actually completely changes it but the ovc the ohio valley conference i thought was jacksonville state's you know, they were running away with it. But the next game, the other team that we'll, we'll see that also plays on Sundays in the OVC, um, they're now the front runner. Now that Jacksonville State has a conference loss. Um, granted, people think Austin P sucks. They really don't. They're, they're third right now in the they're OVC. They're gritty. They are gritty. They have two losses in, the, in conference play. They're sitting in third right now. So, uh, But they did... Upset the win, big time game. If Jacksonville State lose another one, Austin P's in the OVC championship game. So, anyways, uh, Austin P plus twelve and a half here under fifty six, way way under. All right, the other team that I mentioned in the Ohio Valley here, number nineteen Murray State, staying undefeated, blowing out Eastern Illinois 41-27. twenty-seven. That is Tennessee State's logo. I apologize, Eastern Illinois. I forgot to put your logo up here. Um, Murray State's State tough, tough team. Yeah, and Preston Rice mm-hmm. did not turn out a, a good game, but uh, you know, Demonte Witherspoon with seventy-two yards scored twice. Jordan Smith, recent Illinois, had a fantastic game, one hundred forty-two yards on the ground there. Um, <laughs> And also Mark Williams there, 38-yard pick, six for the, the Pan- I believe they're the Panthers. I mean, that's what their logo looks like, Eastern Illinois Panthers. Um, so, yeah, I, I really don't know where uh, Eastern Illinois, 
Illinois lost the game. It was probably, I mean, they were only minus one in the turnover category. But uh, this one was 10-10 going into the half. So, and 27-27 going into the fourth <laughs> quarter. And then Murray State scored 21 unanswered. <laughs> or no, not 21 unanswered. Uh, 14. 14 unanswered, yeah. Field position. So, uh, yeah. When you lose the fourth quarter, you're probably going to lose the game, I would say. Well, what what happened with the uh, Eastern Illinois quarterbacks, though? <clears throat> like, was it a benching or did the starter get hurt? What happened? Uh... I would assume Otto Kuhn sucked, and then Harry Woodbury got put in. <laughs> I mean, he didn't do much better, so. I agree. Uh, but, yeah, I, I have no idea. Like I said, I did not watch the game. Um, trying to look on the the uh, play-by-play here. Starting in the fourth quarter, so they turned it over. Eastern Illinois turned it over on downs. This was when Otto Coons was still in. They turned it over on downs at the Murray State thirteen yard lines. There's three points they could have got. This was when it was, um, what was it? Twenty seven. This was still twenty seven twenty seven. Or no, that's the wrong one I'm looking at. 27 21. I don't know what I'm looking at. I have no clue what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> yeah, this was 27 27, 130 to go in the third quarter. 27 27. That's when they turned it over on downs. So they could have taken a three point lead. Murray State goes down, scores three, make it 30 27, you know. And then the rest of the possessions, the rest of the game for Eastern Illinois was interception, punt, interception, and turnover on downs. Meanwhile, Murray State went down, scored another touchdown, uh, and got a two-point conversion. So, yeah. Be interesting moving forward to see who the quarterback is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eastern Illinois, not that good, though. <laughs> so, uh, Marcy's Floyd, another guy that's been on a couple times uh, with interceptions, Jared McCray as well for the Racers getting a pick. I like the game. By Lamartez Brooks there. Four for 88 receiving. Leading receiver in the game. Murray State covered. Minus 10.5. And, and over 44. Murray State almost getting it by themselves. And that is all the games we had on our FCS slate. Like I said, couple not there because of postponement slash cancellations. But um, next slide, I apologize. I did not get the updated rankings in as far as the picture goes so but i do have them on my phone so updated right now james madison stays at one north dakota state stays at two uh north dakota state did not play weber state still at three south dakota state at four still didn't play either sam houston stays at five north dakota stays at six um jacksonville state big time loss that moved Jacksonville State down to 12, so five spots dropped there. Um, Kennesaw State, they move up two or one from eight to seven, filling in for Jacksonville. Delaware up three from 11 to eight. 
Uh, like that move by the tough Hens. Team, tough team. Eastern Washington also up three from 12 to nine. Uh, VMI into the top 10, 14 to 10. Five and zero oh now. UC Davis up four, 15 to 11. Um, obviously, I said Jacksonville State down to 12 there. Nichols State up four from 17 to 13. Uh, let's see, Murray State, they're up five, 19 to 15. Richmond, they are up six from 21 to 15. Villanova didn't play this week. They stay at 16. Nova. Chattanooga, big drop for them, eight spots, nine to 17. Southern Illinois drops eight uh, down from 10 to 18. Look at that, Mark. Missouri State in the rankings for the first time this year at 19. Uh, four and four, baby. <laughs> Incarnate Word, they dropped seven from 13 to 20. Furman, uh, they did not play. They drop uh, 20 to 21. Rhode Island, uh, their loss to Delaware drops them four spots from 18 to 22. Northern Iowa, sticking in the top 25, down one spot from 22 to 23. <laughs> Somehow they're still in. I don't know. Uh, Idaho, back in the rankings for the second time this year at 24. Southeastern Louisiana, they did not play. They moved down two spots from 23 to 25. So uh, by my calculation, I believe the two teams that dropped out for Missouri State and Idaho are those bottom two right there. New Hampshire drops from 24, and they did not play this week. Maine also did not play. Uh, they dropped down from 25 into no rankings. So, yeah, Maine is the leading uh, non-top 25 vote-getter right now, though, uh, followed by Monmouth. So, Anyways, those are the top 25 FCS rankings for this week um and i did not look at the slate coming up this weekend but i will right now why not just to see what uh preview uh really long preview even though it's you know only monday but uh let's see what do we think the game of the week is gonna be here oh man i james madison richmond i think that's biggest test for jmu yeah, mm -hmm. I, I would probably have to put that right there. I mean, without – because the Missouri State-North Dakota game got canceled, so that's not happening. So that would be another one that I would really like to see. Um, Rich what? Rich Moon. Yeah. Oh, no. That's I, – I, I apologize to James Madison, but South Dakota State – Versus North Dakota State, the Battle of the Dakotas. That's a big problem. Oh my lord! That's a and big I hate, game. I hate it though. You know why I hate it? Because it's the second big game that North Dakota State gets at home. They got North Dakota at home. They're getting South Dakota State at home. That's that's so unfair, dude. The Fargo Dome is electric. You know they have rabid fans for North Dakota State. That's very unfair when it comes to South Dakota State. I'm just saying. Um. Another one. I'll get. I'll, I'll, there's three games of the week this week. I'm just saying, people probably don't won't watch this one. I mean, it's not on ESPN Plus, so I probably won't be able to watch it either. But Eastern Washington, UC Davis, I think will be a solid game that's as well. Solid, that's gonna be high scoring. 
Yeah. It, that's the thing, though. Can UC Davis keep up with Eastern Washington? That's the issue, I think, for UC Davis anyways. But, yeah, those three games, those are ones that I will be very excited about on Friday when I'm at home for Easter weekend. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, let's get into the NFL news here. No trades this week, not like Friday. There was way too much stuff on Friday. Three different trades, two of them in the top 10. Top 12, I mean. Um yeah, unfortunately, you guys missed that show. I mean, I don't know. Jack, no, I, I wish I was on, but I was Jack, busy with stuff. Jack and I had a good conversation about the top ten, the top 12 trades. Trades were fun. They were fun. <laughs> it was a very it's, interesting uh, <clears throat> move that the Dolphins did there. but it's It's <laughs> been trades galore in, in professional sports. The most, uh, I know it's not NFL, but the most people traded before the trade deadline in the NBA – happened this year historic 40 players were moved well you know what we got we got we got hockey stuff on there now i'm hyped man we're 12 days away from the let's go from the trade deadline let's in the go. nhl let's go and that's the thing though the nhl has been very quiet there have been a couple couple trades here and there the last two weeks ish nothing really no we're, nothing we're, big no are, first rounders going we're anywhere. not playing very well let's let's trade a lot of people well you can trade to the penguins they're in their win now mode so there, yeah. All right. First thing here. Uh, short list of NFL news today. It's not even a full page. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, the NFL is expected to expand to 17 games this week when the owners meet. Uh, which knew this was coming pretty much. Uh, from what I've heard from some of the players' comments that I've seen, they don't like it. Well, we, we, we've seen it on the horizon, right? And there, there's two perspectives to take, and I take the players' perspective because they're the people on the field that we all want to see. You know, I mean, like, it's money in the pocket for owners because people are going to pay for it and spectate it and purchase beers in the stands and whatnot. But do you really think that the best players are going to be playing in Week 17? Week 18. No. 18, sorry. With the bye week. That gives – now, I will say this. It gives other people opportunity to step on the field that they, that they would not normally have. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's great. But it's not as if you're going to have Patrick Mahomes, if they've lost one game, out there for four quarters playing this game. Mm-hmm. Unless they need to. Unless um, it's for division. Yeah. But uh, – so they're just adding a 17th game and that's it. Like they're not replacing one of the uh, preseason games, which is something I heard was a possibility or whatever. Or they would, from, and, uh, they would knock one off. Or... From what from what I heard in uh, Steelers president Art Rooney's uh, comments mm-hmm. is that there's going to be, I think he said two preseason games and then 17 regular season games. Okay, so then, to me, then, I don't really understand why the players are upset about this, because in the end, they're playing one less game than they would have in previous years, because there used to be four preseason games. Granted, a lot of players didn't play in all four and the entire length of the games, but still. Um, I don't know. I just, I think that this will be... 
a very interesting thing. And I could see it either being one of the best things this league ever did and also one of the worst. So we'll have to see in a couple of years if they stick with this 17-game schedule or not. You know, as a coach, I hate cutting preseason games. Absolutely hate it. As a GM, too. Because four weeks gave you plenty of time to evaluate every single man on your 90-man roster. Granted, you mm-hmm. had to cut it down to 75 after week three and then 53 after week four. But, yeah, I two weeks of games, for one, you're not going to play the starters either game, I, I think. Maybe maybe the first game you'll play in the first quarter, and that's it. But you need the mo- the majority of those two games to identify who's going to make your 53-man roster. And that's what I think comes into play. How does the schedule now work? Because training camp used to open here – Start of August, or, you know, late July. I, I, I get, but now how does that schedule work when there's I, only two games? I agree with that. I they agree. still start at the same time. I agree with what Chris is saying is maybe it doesn't change as much, but, but here, here would be my argument to all of this. It was in the pandemic opened the owners up to add this game to get revenue streams back to them. Mm-hmm. The players have been advocating for years to have two and only two preseason games and 16-game schedules. And so essentially what the owner said is, I don't hear you. We're going to drop a game and add a game. And so then the players are like, well, this this helped you, not us. And plus the salary cap is, is going to be down. And we all know that the reason the Players Association, the Players Union is not good for the NFL is because the NFL doesn't have a long life expectancy. The average player, what, 2.7 years, so technically like 3 or 3.3, and you have injuries and you leave. What they're saying is you talk about safety all the time. You talk about this and this. And so you're cutting one for the other where their argument has – we want less preseason games so we're not injured in the preseason to have the best regular season. Well, all they did was axe one for one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why the players are having an issue with it because the the 17th game is more TV money, which, which they, they get back. a point, they get a portion of. But so. after so many years. The veterans get a big chunk of that, if that makes sense. Well, that's why the Pounceys always said, if you roll with us guys in listening to what we want as players, I'll give you some of the money that we make. Because it does nothing for young players, essentially. You would think it, it yeah. does, but the, the young players are going to make X amount of monies once they hit a certain amount of games. And, I mean, I think I've said this before, but, uh, you know, People don't realize that there are so many players in the league that mm-hmm. are never talked about because there's so many guys making the the big bucks and so and there's ve- there's very little there's very little guys that which, make the big bucks. Everyone maybe, else makes very little. Which maybe it helps the little guy. I mean, not not stature, but maybe it helps the younger guys make more money with with an extra game. Would that yeah. make sense? And I mean, that's the thing. The seven, the seventeenth game could act like a preseason game for the next season right. for guys that are trying out and they're going to be free agents that are younger, and mm-hmm. they need to get game film and their team's already out of the playoffs or you know 
right. or their team has a bye and they get a chance to play, you know, whatever the case um, is. Well, another thing I was thinking about too is uh, to kind of allow teams to do the evaluating and stuff that they would normally do during the preseason games. Maybe um, increase the size of like the practice squads or something for at least like half the season or something, so they can at least still have control of these players and yeah. evaluate them throughout the season. And then, like I said, maybe at the halfway point, like week eight or nine, just cut it back down to the normal amount. But well, that's one thing know. that that's one thing that they haven't said yet. If they're going to keep the practice squads the same way that it was in the twenty twenty season, which I actually liked. It was expanded to 16, and three of those spots you could have veteran players in. Right. Which mm-hmm. I liked. Because you could keep guys like Josh McCown was on the Eagles practice squad for the majority of last season, uh, which I think was very good. Even though he, did, he lived in Houston, didn't, didn't come to Philly. But um, last thing, if you know, you don't, y'all don't have any other uh, comments... Peter King put out a projected 17th game schedule Schedule? for 2021. Is it mostly divisional? No, it's not. It's non-divisional. Because I think what they said was that it would kind of be like how some of the conferences in college football did their championship weekends this year, especially like the Big Ten. You're ranked here. You're ranked here in the conference, record-wise. You're going to play each other week 17. Um so, I don't know. Should I run through them all or just, you know, let's, highlight? Let's hear them. Uh, Packers at Chiefs. Solid week 17 that game. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Bears at Raiders. Uh, Vikings at Chargers. Lions at Broncos. Seahawks at Steelers, I think, is another solid game there. Rams at Ravens. That's, that's a good one. That would have been fun. Cardinals at Browns, two up-and-coming teams. Uh, Niners at Bengals. Saints at Titans, another solid game. Bucks at Colts, I think is a good game, dependent dependent upon Carson Wentz. <laughs> Panthers at Texans, Deshaun could be on the other side in that one. <laughs> or he might not be on either side. This is true. Gosh dang. Uh, Falcons at Jags, uh, Washington at the Bills, Giants at Dolphins, Cowboys at Patriots and Eagles at the Jets. See, that's Wait, a preseason so, matchup, anyways, right, Chris? Yeah, Eagles our, Jets. Our four teams in both of those divisions match up against each other, but which is really weird. Now, but I, uh, I love, well, yeah, that that actually that's I that's love, what they did. They, I love that idea if it's competitive and people are playing. But what if you're playing your backups? No, Chris, you're right. They they did do it divisionally. It is by division. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's the, NFC the, NFC North versus AFC West, uh, NFC West versus AFC North, NFC South versus AFC South, and the Easts against each other. Why didn't they just do like the geographical divisions against each other rather than West versus North? I the have other no two clue. The Rams, the Rams, Ravens that week, and if it's competitive to get a higher seed, you're going to be exhausted after that, especially if you turn around and play the wild card. And I think that's some of the players' issues is you didn't think of us. You thought of money. You thought of this. You thought of that. You didn't think about the actual product on the field. 
so the, <clears throat> for this 17th game, though, they're saying that it's going to be the last game of the season. Like, that's already yeah. finalized. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, well, I they, they haven't finalized, you know, who plays who yet. Oh, well, but, but I mean, like, that's going to be, like, the last game of the season, though? It's not just going to be random throughout the season when you play that game? Yeah, yeah. As far as I know, they're going to do the same that they do for Week 16 and 17 right now where they do divisional games the last two weeks. And then the last, last week now is going to be – I think it's going to go – it's going to change to they're going to play one team in one of the divisions that they haven't played in that four-year cycle. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know if I like it being the last game of the season, though, because uh, I don't know. I just – I liked the whole divisional matchups in the last week of the season because that brought for a lot of, like, win-and-you're-in situations or things of that nature. So – being that it, those won't be the last game of the season anymore, it kind of takes away from that kind of excitement. Yeah, I I think they should keep it interconference. You know, when you think about every year, the last four or five years, Rams and Seahawks are battling for a seed exactly. or for the division. So yeah, I mean, like I said, if they're not gonna go divisional game. You know, like I said, I think they should keep it intra-conference. And because cross-conference play does nothing yeah. for playoff seeding purposes. So having having AFC versus AFC, NFC versus NFC, I think. Bodes well. Actually, you know what? I, I think they should keep it flexed. They should keep Week 18 flexed uh, until the middle of the season. Week mm-hmm. eight, week eight is when they should set the week eighteen lineup. Well, I figure, I thought they they might do that. I thought that was what they were taking on, but that's not the case. Because I would do that a hundred percent. If I'm an owner or even as a player, I would say, mm-hmm. okay, if you want to add this game, what in the middle of the season you figure out the last game. And then that's the thing, though. I wouldn't even put because you know, some people would say, all right, well then. You just essentially play the first round of the playoffs in the last week of the regular season. And then, But what I would do is I would put, all right, these are the playoff teams. They, you know, just go down the line and play, all right, one versus two, three versus four. Just go down the line. Play the top teams against the top teams in the last week of the season. It might tire them out for the playoffs, but so what? That makes playoffs more interesting. And then, and then... You'll have that because we have seven seeds now, and he's, you'll have that seven, eight people fighting yeah. to keep that seven or get into that seven seed. Essentially, and even nine, ten. Essentially, you know, what you saw when sports shut down, when when other leagues came back, that's what they did. They had kind of a semi playoff before the playoffs, mm-hmm. and people tuned into it, which helps, and players got excited about it as well. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want to be reminded of the opening round of the NHL playoffs, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, now that we got through that whole spiel, let's get to some money. So, the Falcons. I know, I, I felt bad. Jack, we didn't have a lot of Falcons talk on Friday. There wasn't a lot of Falcons news. We actually have some Falcons news this week. The Falcons, they uh, reworked linebacker Deion Jones's deal. That saved them $4 million in cap space. They need all the money they can get with Matt Ryan costing 
Only twenty six point nine now. He was he was forty one, but uh, now he's twenty six point nine million on the cap for him. So they get four million there for Deion Jones reworking his deal. Um, re-signings, Steelers getting some work in this week. They actually got Tyson Alu Alu back. Alu Alu. There's, there's always that one player each year. He agreed. Anthony Barr did it to the Jets a couple of years ago. And I remember when Frank Gore did it to the Eagles a couple of years ago. There's always that one player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyson Alu-Alu agreed in terms to a deal with the Jags uh, on a one-year contract. Reneged on that. Uh, from what I heard, his defensive line coach in Pittsburgh had some, somewhat of an influence. Uh, on him coming back to Pittsburgh, uh, I mean, if I had a choice, I'd come back to Pittsburgh too, <laughs> considering what defense you're going to play in Pittsburgh versus what defense you're going to play on in Jacksonville. So, uh, yeah, they got him back on a two-year deal there. I also heard that a big reason for it was that it was either he had COVID or somebody in the whole process of him getting down to Jacksonville had COVID, so he had to quarantine for 10 days and that gave pittsburgh the window to convince him to stay wow yeah i just love it tyson alu alu has really become a standout as the nose tackle for the steelers and that's what when when i said they re-signed chris wormley a couple shows ago i was like well they lost alu alu already so i was like well chris wormley's probably going to have to step into the nose tackle role unless a guy that they drafted in the seventh round last year, Carl Davis, steps into that role, which is a possibility. But um, now they have him back. To my knowledge, they've only lost three defensive starters, Bud Dupree, Steven Nelson, and Vince Williams. Nelson and Williams being released. But um, And, well, Nelson's still out there, right? Yeah. Or does he need sign with it? So, yeah. I mean, there's still technically a possibility of them reuniting. But Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the, the cap worked uh, to get him back. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with them re-signing him to a one-year deal. And that's the thing. The Steelers are going all in. I mean, this is Ben's last season. Uh, mm-hmm. Unofficially. <laughs> Officially, unofficially. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, every, everyone knows it's Ben's last season. <laughs> Yeah, the, the spotlight's going to be on him this year, just like it was on Drew Brees last year. Everybody knew it was his last ride, so that's yeah. how it's going to be for Ben this year. And, I mean, they're in the same situation. They have a solid defense. They really – I mean, well, luckily he had a – luckily, luckily, you know, Saints had a running game and, and Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, but mm-hmm. Steelers are going to draft someone. Uh, whether that be Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, I, I highly doubt actually that Steelers will take a first round running back, but considering they need a tackle um, in the first round. But uh, yeah, uh, that's the thing though. Alejandro Villanueva is still out there as well. If they re sign him as well, I mean, they'll be leaps and bounds above where they are sitting right now with their offensive line. So yeah. Uh, Steelers also got back their punter, Jordan Berry, re-signing on a one-year deal. Not the best punter, I, I have to say. But, uh, you know, the, the Eagles, out of my three teams that I like, the Eagles have the, had, the, had the best punter in Cameron Johnston. Couldn't afford to keep him uh, for cap purposes. But, uh, yeah, Jordan Berry, solid punter in the top ten usually in punt average. So The Chiefs also... 
re-signing one of their players. Safety, Daniel Sorensen. Dirty Dan is back in KC. And his career has been fantastic. Seventh round draft choice in, uh, I think it was 2017. Great story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out of, uh, I think, trying to think where he's from. Utah. I believe he's Utah, from Utah. Utah State. I, I think he's from Utah. I could be wrong. I'm sorry, Dan, if I'm wrong. But, uh, yeah, got him back anyways to run it back with Kansas City. Back-to-back AFC champions. Pretty good team. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to be this, this good this year. Just saying. I don't think they're good. They will. Not with their offensive line issues. Oh, they have some big holes. <clears throat> they have tackles. Big holes. They're good in the interior. They don't have any tackles right now. Mike Remmers, actually. The right side's okay. Left, left tackle the hole. Uh, all right. The Chiefs also, biggest signing of the week. They got a massive stud on defense. Seahawks, mm-hmm. Seahawks defensive tackle, Jaron Reed. Uh, one year, $7 million, $5 million guaranteed there. Him and Chris Jones together on the inside. You got Frank Clark outside. Mm-hmm. My Lord, that's a defensive line. That just, <laughs> that just goes back to what are you worried about? You're worried about Mahomes getting protected because they're going to have playmakers everywhere else. Well, I think what they said was like, all right, well, we saw how Mahomes got destroyed in the Super Bowl by that defensive line. You. Whoever's back we're there. Gonna, we're going to make sure we win the uh, doesn't the matter line. if it's Brady or Rodgers. We're coming after you. Especially, I mean, you know, getting a defensive tackle, that yep. – that push, that's where Brady struggles is when he gets pushed up the middle. So, And this was a big signing, too, because, I mean, you already mentioned the name, but this reunites Reed with his former teammate from Seattle and Frank Clark. Yeah. And so they already have the chemistry going there uh, from their days in Seattle together. So, yeah, and yeah, this will be, be a force to reckon with on their front seven. Yeah, and what uh, I saw Lewis Riddick posted on Twitter – uh, like around when Reed was signed by the Chiefs, and he's like, "Well, this I think gives uh, Chris Jones more flexibility to move out to defensive end on first and second downs, and then on third down he'll slide back in and push the inside of the pocket on passing downs." So, yeah, definitely gives Chris Jones a lot more movement having another solid guy on the interior there. Um, the Vikings getting some moves done this week. They signed Cowboys safety Xavier Woods to a one-year, two-and-a-quarter million deal there. Vikings need all the secondary help they can get. Gosh, do they? <laughs> do they? We'll get you all out of The Chargers got their backup and mentor for Justin Herbert. He signed uh, – they signed quarterback Chase Daniel to a one-year – uh, $1.5 million deal, formerly of the Lions can, last year. Can I just ask you this question? Uh, who would want to make $30 million over a career as a backup? Yeah, my man Chase Daniels got the system down. Yeah. yeah, I would love to have that job. I think that's probably the best job in all of sports as a backup quarterback. Yeah. All right. We saw, we saw how but that works out in Blue Mountain State. So. <laughs> Uh, it is interesting, though, though, that they chose to go with Chase Daniel over some of the other quarterbacks that are still out there. Um, the one name that comes to mind is Alex Smith. But uh, I don't well, know. Uh, when, I mean, if you're going to compare Alex Smith, yeah. for one, he's older uh, and the injury history, obviously. But uh, 
When free agency was start, first starting, Chris, remember, I, I said Chase Daniel had a market. People were inquiring about trading for him from the Lions so uh, as a backup quarterback. So, yeah, he, he definitely was in demand. If, are, are we talking about backups later or Alex Smith later, or can I just – You guys can think I'm wrong, but – if Chicago doesn't work out for Mr. Redhead, what I like to call him, then why wouldn't you go after Alex Smith? And I think there would be competition. So which one is better? Dalton or Smith? And then you have two quarterbacks to pick from. And I understand that maybe they had that last year. But, like, let's say that they signed Dalton and he does get injured in the first or second game. Like, who's going to come in after him and play? Right now, that'd be Foles. Yeah. But I would leverage if I can get Smith, because Foles just, in my opinion, didn't work out. So I would leverage Foles to another team. And I guess I did forget about that. I thought they were getting rid of Foles with Simon Dalton. So that's actually not a good, that's not a good destination for Alex Smith. But in my mind, I think you need to prop up two quarterbacks in Chicago with your defense. So who's the best two quarterbacks? Is it Foles or Dalton, or is it Alex Smith and Dalton? Yeah, that's the thing. They can't trade Foles. <laughs> they can't. Well, I mean, I think Jacksonville then I think would be an ideal destination for Alex Smith. This is true. Mm-hmm. Because you go ahead and you draft your, your quarterback and you bring in he Alex has, Smith. He already has ties, yeah. He's got ties. I mean, I know it's rumored before, but he can groom or you could even start him. So I think Mahomes, Rodgers, people that have set out and learned from a quarterback have an advantage. So maybe you well, you draft somebody and let Alex Smith play there. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you brought up uh, Mahomes. Who did Mahomes sit behind? Alex Smith. So there you go. And one quick I, thing. I did forget about Foles. That's, that's, that's a brain fart. But I thought they were going to – I think they could do something with Foles. But contract is bad. While we're, while we're on the uh, top five draft pick kind of conversation, with the Niners trading to number three, when you look at the last ten years and teams trading into the top ten for a quarterback, has not worked out. And it has not. Sorry, Chris. It's not, not worked I out. But I don't think <laughs> I actually don't think they're gonna go with what people think they're gonna go with. They're going Trey Lance. Mac Jones actually uh is probably going to be the number three pick. I think they're going Zach Wilson. They can't. Jets are taking Zach Wilson. <laughs> not think, the Jets take so? him first. That's what that's what everyone that I've heard has said is that the Niners if the Jets know. Jets spending it too and they're taking Zach Wilson. The Niners uh, already I mean, know. I'm not opposed to that, but they have to take him is all I'm saying. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I've heard. Everyone. I, I actually think the Niners want him more than anyone, so I, I think it, Oh, they do. But. Well, that's the thing, though. They're a similar situation to what happened to the Jets with Darnold a couple years ago. Everybody thought Darnold was going to Cleveland, and then he fell to the Jets at three. But. That's the thing, though. That's the thing. With the Eagles trade... I know this was this is like Friday's conversation, but we're gonna do it here because y'all weren't here. The Eagles trade, the background of that trade back to twelve, was they wanted Zach Wilson, and they knew that the Jets were Jets probably were gonna, gonna take, take him, him at two. Okay, and so he was the only quarterback they were willing to trade up for, 
And once they're they knew gonna that they're the Jets gonna... were going to take him, essentially, they were like, all right, we're going to move back. We well, now have essentially three first-rounders in 2022. If Jalen Hurts doesn't work out, we can trade up next year. I agree. I just don't – I know that that's the word on the street. I just can't – and there's nothing wrong with keeping Sam and drafting a quarterback. I just don't see it until they get – Rid of them. I mean, it's going to be the same thing, though. The Niners apparently are keeping Jimmy G this year. So. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, you have to have a good you have to have to a good backup in this league nowadays. Does that make sense? Especially with the 17th game, you have to have a good backup. They have Nick Mullins. What's wrong with Nick Mullins? But after after his pro day, I mean, his arm, and I, and I just thought, I thought Steve Young is talking the 49ers into getting him for many reasons. The freaking... Roll back off balance, <laughs> drove back across. He looked like he flipped the yards. <laughs> he looked like he flicked it with a finger, y'all. All right. Uh, anyways, back to the NFL news here. The, speaking of the Niners, uh, they they signed wide receiver Muhammad Sanu one year, uh, one year deal there. That's his second stint with San Francisco. Uh, he sucked the first time. He hasn't been anything since he was in Atlanta. Look, his athleticism, his athleticism has has drastically declined. But he Falcons got a steal he, from New England. He is a great, just I don't want to. Everybody uses locker room guy, but not even locker room guy in the NFL. Like he teaches young kids how to route run. He teaches them how to just be a professional. Like I I believe in that stuff. And sometimes you might have to spend the veteran minimum. To make people around you better, and I think that's a decent signing. And maybe he comes out and just plays really good in Shanahan's system. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the Patri- uh, the the Falcons literally stole a second round pick from the Patriots when they <laughs> traded him to New England. My lord, that was that was quite the trade for Thomas Dimitrov in Atlanta when he was there. <laughs> I should say. Nice. Um, the let's see the Cardinals today they signed Bengals safety Sean Williams to a one-year deal. Another team looking for secondary help. Uh, I didn't think they were had an issue at the safety position necessarily, but uh, corner position, yes. Guys, I mm-hmm. the, the Cardinals could could might they could be the best team in that division. They could. I am not mm-hmm. saying they are. They could. <laughs> That's just that division is just so tough. It's, it's tough. probably the best division in all of football. So it's, it's kind of hard to rank the teams one to four, but and that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't think there's right now. I don't think there's a clear cut winner with things going on in whether it's injuries with 49ers. I think or the worst team is the Niners. The quarterback situation or disgruntledness in Seattle. But I really do think if you can keep everything intact in Arizona and blend everything that's going on and plug a few spaces, Arizona with development at the quarterback position could come out. Because let's say Matthew Stafford is just past his prime and gets injured. They could they could be at the top of this division, guys. Yeah. Niners are the worst team in the NFC West because I don't know if they realize this or not, but they are going to severely miss Robert Sala this year. I 100% agree with that. Uh, Let's go to the NFC East here. The Giants. 
pretty big signing here as well. They signed defensive tackle Danny Shelton to a one-year deal coming from Cleveland. Going to pair with Leonard Williams on the inside there on their 4-3. Or no, they run 3-4. Regardless, he's going to be one of their starting defensive linemen. I would think anyways. I don't really... Right now, it's I don't really know rosters, but... <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. Danny Shelton. Well, yeah, I, I would think so because they just lost... Um... Dalvin Tomlinson, that's right. Dalvin Tomlinson, yeah. So I'd assume he's sliding in as the starter now. Um, another Falcons uh, news here. They signed offensive lineman Josh Andrews to a one-year deal. Uh, veteran, seven-year guy here, Josh Andrews. Actually, Chris, you know him. He was in the Jets. I thought that name sounded familiar, but it's just, it's just such a generic name. I wasn't sure if that was who it actually was. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's the same guy, yeah. <laughs> right. I'll take one point. Uh, the Vikings, like I said, getting secondary work done, signing Bengals corner Mackenzie Alexander, actually going back to Minnesota for the second time. Uh, was drafted by Minnesota a couple years ago, so heads back there now. Uh, he got a big free agent deal, actually, last year. Just last year. Uh, it might have been two years ago with the Bengals. And, uh, yeah, back in Minnesota, just like that. <laughs> so, uh, and finally, the Steelers. Uh, they signed Bears restricted free agent, offensive lineman Rashad Coward. The uh, Bears didn't tender him, so no compensation given to the Bears for that signing. Um, yeah, I mean, Rashad Coward is starting offensive lineman, actually, for the Bears. Uh, not a well-known name, but uh, converted mm-hmm. from, converted from defensive line to offensive line and uh, worked his way up to a starting <coughs> spot with the Bears this past couple of seasons. I pray he does not start for the Steelers. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not that good. Long season, man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely depth offensive line. I'm pretty solid there. Okay. Well, what, what does that tell you about Villanueva? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, insurance in case he comes. Regardless if they play the same yeah. position or not, you got to have insurance. All right. Now it is time to play everyone's favorite Monday night game. I love it. Would you rather? Let's talk. So, first one. We had we had the Niners trade. We had the Niners trade to three. So... Would you rather have Mac Jones or Jimmy Garoppolo? Chris, take it away. That, that's a tough one. Um, Dang, that's because, tough. because Garoppolo has been a proven winner in the NFL. Obviously, he took them to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Um, granted, it was mostly probably because of their defense, but still, he was on that team. Plus, he was on a few of the Patriots Super Bowl teams. So he has that winning pedigree. Um, However, so does Mac Jones. Just obviously he hasn't been to the pros yet. So you don't know what you're getting out of Mac Jones yet. But, and I mean, Alabama has proven time and time again that they, like, I don't know. I feel like most of their players don't end up 
working out that well in the NFL. I feel like it's just a system that works there in uh, in Alabama, but a lot of the time it doesn't tra- or yeah, it doesn't translate to the NFL. So I don't know. I but I think just based on projections and stuff, I think Mac Jones probably has the higher upside. So I think I'd have to go with him and re- take the chance with Mac Jones rather than keep riding with Jimmy G. Chris, I will just correct you. Alabama quarterbacks do not work out very well in the NFL. Well, that's what I was basically Alabama saying. That's players what I meant. overall do very well in the NFL. Um, I meant Alabama. <laughs> but I agree, Chris. I'm taking Mac Jones. And the reason why I'm taking Mac Jones is because look at what Kyle Shanahan has had success with in terms of athleticism of quarterbacks. His quarterbacks that have had success haven't been that athletic, you know. Very good with Matt Ryan. He was very good in Washington with Kirk Cousins. And he also was on the offensive staff in Houston when Matt Schaub led the league in passing in 09. So those three guys being the focal point of Kyle Shanahan's success. Jimmy Garoppolo is probably the most athletic out of those if you include him in four total quarterbacks between him, Matt Schaub, Matt Ryan, and Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins probably has an argument for him versus Jimmy Garoppolo, who the most athletic is. But Matt Ryan's not that athletic. Neither we already know Matt Schaub is, cannot run for save his life. But, um, yeah, Mac Jones literally fits the mold of Matt Ryan. Uh, you know, he's not going to run the ball very often. But, I mean, he can. He can move around if he needs to. But he's not going to run. He's going to be a pocket passer, and he's going to be able to get out on the play-action concepts that the Niners like to run in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And I think Mac Jones is a perfect fit at number three for San Francisco, and they're going to shock the world and take him over Trey Lance and Justin Fields. All right. My turn? (laughs) Yeah. That was a long long one. Without saying both? Because that's not an answer. Because I'm a firm believer that I think young guys have to learn under people. That doesn't fit the mold for this team. And so, from a business standpoint, I'm taking Mac Jones. He's cheaper. Think about it. Garoppolo is a, a big, lot of money. A lot of money. I mean, even if you can get it off the books, then you go get Mac Jones. Does that make sense? One thing that I like about Mac Jones is his confidence. You know, he, he didn't leave Alabama when he wasn't playing. He was behind people. And then when it was his time Twice. to step in the spotlight, he made the most of it. Now, the thing that would give me pause to this is he's not going to have those same type of receivers in San Francisco. Sorry, guys. And it's a one-year <laughs> film on him. And you've got great receivers around you. But I like the confidence. And I actually think he does, like you said, fit Shanahan's offense. Like, he's going to know when to get the ball out of his hands, kind of like McVay. He's very smart. I think he can look at, at the offense that they're running and know when to hand it off, when to pitch it, when to throw it. You're going to have a great tight end. And I think you can build around this person. Sometimes, even if Garoppolo is a good quarterback, I think you wear out your time in places. 
And I think that he got to the pinnacle of what he can do with the 49ers, and they need to move on. Long story short, so. <laughs> Taking Mac Jones. All right, 3-0 for Mac Jones here. All right, next one here. All right. Ah. Two, <laughs> two Washington football team quarterbacks here. So, <laughs> would you rather have their newly signed Fitzmagic, or would you rather have almost playoff hero Taylor Heineke diving for the pylon there against the Bucks? <laughs> Who's going first? Mark Hero. <laughs> I'm only taking one person because I actually like Heineke and what happened, but I will never, ever in my <laughs> life go away from the beard and the Deshaun Jackson wearing. Fitzpatrick, baby. <laughs> that is non-football. Yeah, so I, I just I have to say that, guys. Yeah, I mean, I love I love Fitzmagic, and I think I said this. Uh, I don't I don't know when I said this. this is I don't remember if it was Friday or it was multiple shows ago. But <coughs> Fitzmagic knows that he doesn't have that many years. He He's literally playing against the clock right now. And he's having the mm-hmm. most fun of he's probably a, anyone he's a in the Harvard NFL. Harvard grad having just a great time. Like, he doesn't care. He knows he's not a bona fide starter. He's never been a bona fide starter. Even when he started 16 games for teams like he did for your Jets, Chris. Yep. <laughs> Heineke might very well be a good quarterback. And, yeah, I mean, Taylor <clears throat> Heineke is probably a great backup of the future. But, yeah, I mean, Fitz... That's why they call him Fitzmagic because he has spurts of six, I'm just rolling four, with him. four to six games. I'm rolling where with him. he is the best quarterback in the league. I actually think the Dolphins went away from him too early last year. And this is, and I think this is another chance though. He's gonna have a rookie quarterback most likely behind him. And he's if gonna, not this he's year, gonna help next him. year. He's gonna but help the him. thing is, this is another team though, just like the Dolphins last year. He has another chance to get into the playoffs for the first time in his 17-year NFL career. They have a solid, they have a playoff caliber defense in a bad division. Granted, Dak's coming back with the Cowboys. Cowboys defense isn't good, though. So, I agree. They have a chance. Giants defense is good. Offense isn't that great. They have Kenny Galladay. Okay, that's one receiver. Who cares? But, you know, the Eagles suck. I already know that. Eagles are are not good. They're not good. So, (laughs) I, I think Washington's probably get, possibly going to win the division. I mean, it's going to be a probably three three way race between them, New York, and Dallas. But uh, yeah, Fitz Magic, go get it, baby. Go to the playoffs for the first time. See, I don't know. For me, I feel like it's a little bit tougher because I I have experienced the Fitz Magic <laughs> on on my Jets. Ten um, six nine playoff team. He's gotten better. And. He well, he probably played his best season of his career with the Jets back in 2015, when he had Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker to throw the ball to. Um, I mean, he'll have some decent weapons here in Washington mm-hmm. with Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, and uh, even Logan Thomas at tight end. Uh, but just thinking about it from the perspective of the Washington ownership and coaching staff. What are they actually going for this year? Are they going for the playoffs, or are they just just trying to test out the water, see what they got here? What are they trying to do? Because Probably. if they're going good man. Good for the playoffs, going all in, 
even though Fitzmagic somehow has seems to have that curse on him that he can't make the playoffs, even when he's on a good team. I still think I'd roll with him if they're trying to go for the playoffs because, yeah, like you guys have already both said, he's got that Fitz magic in him. And he, uh, even though I think, obviously, Heineke or that's, that's his name, right? Heineke. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he, I think he would be the better long-term option, but I agree with you too, Mark, when you said that <clears throat> Miami pulled him too early this year. I think Granted, they, they had the team. number what was he, number three overall pick or whatever last year yeah. with Tua. I, I think they were Six. playoff uh, five. They're five, five. Yeah. So I think that he, uh, they were a little too trigger happy with that because they were so excited to use their shiny new toy. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that I don't think that this will be the same kind of situation. I think if Fitzpatrick is named the starter from week one, he will stay the starter pretty much the entire season. Unless some sort of colossal meltdown happens, which I don't really see happening in, With that in this said, division. Rivera, Rivera is a very big player. Like, he's backed Cam Newton. And I love mm-hmm. Cam. I'm a big Cam fan, what he does with the community in Charlotte. I know he's not there anymore. But he backed Cam, even in, in mm-hmm. bad days. And I, and I think that's where, if Fitzpatrick earns it, he's going to have a coach that backs him. And I think mm-hmm. that maybe if he can make it to week eight, if he can make it half the season where they're in playoff position, maybe he gets to game 11 or 12, maybe that's when you switch. Not game three, game four, game five. If they go four yeah. and four or five and three in the first eight weeks, they'll have a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, but I think what's going to be their strategy is they're not in position to draft one of the top four or five quarterbacks with where they're drafting this year. So develop. If no, that's your guy. they're not gonna. They're not gonna develop Taylor Heineke. They're, they're gonna. Not. They're gonna do what the Eagles did last year. They're gonna go. They're gonna start Ryan Fitzpatrick. Taylor Heineke is gonna be the quarterback too. They're gonna go draft Kyle Trask in the second round. And they're gonna they're sit not, him. That might they're, be a steal. That Kyle Trask is gonna be, be QB three. For the majority of the season. Guys, that might If be they're a... out of the playoffs by the last quarter of the season, Kyle Trask will start the last start four the games. Last four games. I agree. Mm-hmm. That might be it. Exactly what the Eagles did last year. Guys, that might be it. I don't I don't I'm not when's the last time that you had a quarterback like Kyle in the Trask top five be... that just dominated the league? Trevor Lawrence. Sean, like, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> no, I mean he's not there yet. Like, you look at Deshaun Watson, right? You look at Patrick Mahomes. They weren't necessarily one, two, or three, right? Yeah. And you've had a lot of second-round guys come out. You have Tom Brady Tom Brady in the sixth round. Like, if you go and get Kyle Trask in the second round and you let him set and develop, he might very well be the still of the draft this year. Like, I've seen him. He, yeah. He's big dude. He didn't have a lot of people. to. Th- I saw when Pitts was out. And he was still making throws to receivers that no one could name. And you're like, dang, that ball was dropping right where it needed to drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think Kyle Trask would be a perfect fit in Washington, actually. Uh, you know, I didn't think that necessarily when I brought Kyle Trask up, but I like it's that. been sitting for like a minute here. And I, I can see Kyle Trask in the uh, maroon and gold. Whether apparently they're, they're talking about keeping the Washington football team name, uh, which would be absolutely stupid, but 
<laughs> well, I mean, has Dan Snyder done anything smart as an owner? No, he did. Uh, <laughs> he he bought out the the minority owners um, for four hundred fifty million. To save him, he shouldn't even own a <laughs> football team right now. Let's all just say that he had enough money to quiet people. Thank you. It was literally a million per tenth of a percent of ownership because he bought out forty and a half percent for four hundred fifty. Another million. white guy getting ahead of everybody. Get <laughs> wrong. Uh, all right, next one. The next one, I think, is the hardest one. It puts you in a very tough position. It puts you in a general manager position. That's why I'm going first. Oh, gosh. So It has to do something with two turmoil, doesn't it? Would you rather be... Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. The Seattle Seahawks, with your first pick coming at number 56 overall and only having three draft selections, or... Would you rather be the Houston Texans, where your first pick doesn't come till number 67 in the third round, but you have eight total selections? Ah. And I am going first. Just based off where these teams are, I actually would rather be the Houston Texans. For one, because they've signed everyone. <laughs> they, have, they have signed almost every single free agent out there. Uh... But for two, it's literally, I like the funnel effect. I like, all right, you're in a draft. They have eight draft selections. So if you can hit, I think a good percentage when you're talking about draft, if you hit on half of your draft picks, that's a pretty good draft. Because you know the percent, obviously the percentages of hitting on a draft pick get less and less as you go down the rounds. So they only have one premium, call a premium first three rounds for anyone that doesn't know. They only have one premium selection. So, I mean, that makes it really tough for this draft. But with eight total picks in the later rounds, that is where if you have a solid scouting staff and scouting department, you can make great value picks and still come out of the draft as a winner if half of those guys are starting in their respective positions by midseason, I would say, probably. So, yeah, I like the Texans' three draft picks for the Seahawks is just not enough for me, especially when they have a lot of needs in Seattle. Whoever wants to go, Chris, Chris Mark. or me. Yeah, um, I don't know. When when I first saw the slide, I was like, "Wow, it's an easy choice." Like I was all in on the Seahawks, but then I thought about it as you were talking, and I don't know. It's actually not as easy of a choice. Um, well, because I'm also thinking about the whole uh, Deshaun Watson situation going on too, uh, because that's a headache in itself that you're gonna have to figure out within the next few weeks, months, however long it's going to take. Um, and... But uh, you know they have the contingency plan in Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't know if that's good enough for me. Uh, but uh, but then, again, you, if you're, you got to think about if you're thinking long-term or short-term. If you're thinking the short-term, I would definitely go with the Seahawks because they are definitely more ready to win um, because they still have a good chunk of their players 
they're in place. I mean, they got Chris Carson back. And, uh, yeah, they did lose a couple defensive players. But uh, the Seahawks haven't been known for their defense in the last couple of years. So it's been mostly Russell Wilson who's been the one that's been uh, winning them the game. So, I don't know. Again, if I was thinking just short-term going for the championship this coming year, I would still stick with the Seahawks. But I think that the brighter future is there in Houston. Um, so, <laughs> again, I, I don't know who I'd pick. but I think, uh, to piggyback off this, I think it's a very loaded question and i think it's this is fun this is fun now i would actually flip what you're saying i think for the like it might be a longer rebuild but like if someone said mark you're you're the gm of the texans i would have more fun in the short term because you already know that your quarterback wants out you already like you said have more draft picks actually even though it's later mm-hmm. and so in the short term i can see my skills. Does that make sense? Like, I would flip, no offense to anybody, they might not like me. If Deshaun Watson said, I don't want to be here, I will flip Deshaun Watson for a lot of good things and draft well and then see what is happening. Long term, I would actually look at Seattle and go, man, we have a better fan base. We've had, you know, a great coach that looks like he hasn't aged since he left USC. And Pete Carroll, I don't know what kind of Botox he's freaking using. And I would make Russell Wilson happy and say, hey, we're going to have a great marriage until you retire here. Because it, it, it's like a pendulum. Like, you got one that's really unhappy, and you have one that actually gave you what he wants to be happy. So what type of GM are you? Do you want to put your thumbprint and remake an organization, or do you want to make someone happy and win another championship? So I'm going with the Houston, Texas in the arena that I really would love to be a GM and kind of make it my own, whether that is making Deshaun Watson happy, because I don't think the new GM that they got has made, like you can say, oh, I'm a patriot, and blah, 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 and we're going to do, no. He's still unhappy that he is a Texan. Like, I either would start a relationship with him or I would flip him for the future. And we've already lost Watt and tell our fan base, like, hang with me. We have a vision and we're going in this way. We've got these draft picks. And I'm going to flip Watson. You can't make someone happy. Players have more control than ever. So hang with me. And in four years, we're going to be knocking on a championship yeah, that's the thing. I, I like that you said about flipping Deshaun, but like like you said, that's one of the biggest things that you know I've seen people talk about uh, with the Dolphins specifically because they've had the most first round picks the last couple of years. Uh, you know, having a lot of picks is great. They have to pan out, though. but you have to hit, especially like I said, on those premium selections. When you don't hit first three rounds, that kills your team for the next three years, essentially, from that draft, unless you hit on the next year's first round, second, third round picks. 
you know, obviously it's very tough. It's it's the I draft would, is a is a lottery. It's I would rather be in the Texans division. Does that make <clears throat> does that make more sense to maybe some yeah. people that don't understand what we're talking about? Oh, I yeah, I would sure. rather be a GM in that division, if that makes sense, instead of going against yeah. the Cardinals. And the Rams and the 49ers. Because I think John Lynch is, is, is a great GM. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you only have one solidified, solid, hard team to go against in the Titans. Colts are up in the air on offense right now. And, you know, I, I would, the Jags are going to be probably good in two years. But. I would come in and be the GM that would try to be Watson's friend, even by saying, hey, I want to shake your hand and know where you want to go. But here's my thing. I will get you out of Houston as long as we get the same compensation back from you. I think so many yeah. people shake people's hands and go, we can't trade you because we're never going to get enough for you. But if you look at Deshaun Watson and go, okay, and they have. They've messed up with O'Brien and Hopkins and Watt is now gone. Hey, will you please help me in getting you out of here? But I want, I want a good return for you. Even when you're trading people, you can have a good relationship. And maybe Watson says something to another team like, this guy's been really good to me since he's became as a GM. I'll, I'll leave my no trade clause as long as you throw in something extra for me to get to you know, Dallas before they signed Dak. You know, Maybe Watson would have been a great fit yeah. in Dallas. And Jerry goes, okay, I'll throw something else in for you. Yeah, that, that's the only thing is like... Uh, the 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 he all he wanted was to have a say, yeah, just a little bit, and you know the, the team just you know ended up losing his trust. So toxic situation at this point, especially with everything going mm-hmm. on with him personally. But uh, all right, so that was uh, were we three and zero again there? Or, or did you? you well, I never, I never technically picked the side, but I think I would ultimately go with the Texans. Okay. Count. Three, three, and three. All right. Wow. Here we go. Wow. All right. Last one. Last one. I think. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think we will be three and zero again, though. Oh, I'm just saying. I'm gonna have to deviate. I can't go. This I'm just way. saying. But, so, I already told. We already told you, Chris. Mark and I were golfing today, right? So the next one deals with golf. I don't know if I can and golf, call my golf game golfing. And golf movies. I was going to do golfers in movies, uh, but I couldn't find an equal partner to the first movie, so I went with overall golf-themed movie. So what do you rather have, Happy Gilmore or Caddyshack? Oh, classics. Classic. Mark, you're first because... Billy Madison, I'm going all day with Adam Sandler. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. I'm rolling with Happy. He's fun-loving. He tells Shooter McGavin how it is, and we are driving some balls. (laughs) We are Mm -hmm. driving some balls, y'all. And he had the best teacher in the world. I, I agree. I am going with Happy Gilmore as well. The drive, he's got that. You know, the whole thing with the gophers are kind of funny in Caddyshack. I wasn't a real big Caddyshack person. He fights an alligator. Exactly. Billy Madison. Happy Gilmore. I mean, happy, gosh dang it, guys. 
Happy, Sorry. happy Madison films. Happy. <laughs> That's all I ever see um, Adam Sandler as is Billy Madison. But I also love Happy Gilmer because of his last shot. His last shot is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Off the off the TV stand, ding 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 ding, right in the hole. God. Went the thing, there's and so I love much. It. There's so many good parts of that movie. We talk about the nail in the head. We talk about the hand. Chris, we talk about the hockey stick. Go stand. ahead. I I'm gonna make it three for three again. Oh! <laughs> Happy Gilmore is one of my favorite sports movies in general, um, and. Like, I love Adam Sandler. Like you said, Mark, he's been in a bunch of great movies. Uh, Billy Madison, another one. Uh, but this movie, it revolutionized the way people see golf. I mean, obviously, it's been proven that his whole, like, uh, run up to the thing gimmick doesn't actually work. But uh, people still imitate it all the time. Like, I always see people going back and running up to the ball to swing and stuff. And so it's just awesome to see that that like a movie made that kind of impact on the world. Yeah. There, there may or may not have been happy Gilmore (laughs) swings on the 18th hole today for Mark and I, uh, Mark doesn't do it right though. So I don't count his, um, I stutter step too much. he, He didn't watch his film on happy. So, uh, I need to go back to the drawing board on that one, but uh, the only the only negative it was a bad day. Golf only game. negative I will give Happy Gilmore is he's wearing the wrong jersey. He's wearing the wrong jersey. Why are you wearing a Boston Bruins jersey? Like the Bruins suck. Uh, I could say something else, but I'll stick with suck. Uh, I want to say a word that rhymes with suck, but I will no, not. No, 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 no. Uh, suck the Bruins. That's there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's it's fine. The 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 Penguins aren't playing the Bruins tonight. They're playing the Islanders. That's fine. All right, that is the end of what do you rather. And now let's get into our AFC East mock draft. Here are the third, first through third round picks for each team. Here, Jets have two twenty three in the first round, thirty four in the second, sixty six eighty six in the third. Dolphins with 6 and 18 in the first, 36 50th in the second, 81st in the third. Patriots 15th overall in the first, 46th in the second, 96th in the third. And the Bills rounding out the division 30th overall, 61st in the second, and 93rd in the third round. <clears throat> so, uh, I know y'all weren't on Friday for this, but how we do this is. We go to the Draft Network's mock draft machine. I don't know if y'all have ever used it. Mm-hmm. It is very solid. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, we'll have to see if Mark's Wi-Fi will let it load. Probably not. <laughs> if it's like my golf game, it's going to come up short. Uh, but, yeah. Well, once... got a lot of tabs in there, too, Rusty. Maybe that would help. I actually hey hey I need all those tabs open okay I need I I have to buy new clubs I broke a few threw a few this is true threw one on on about the 14th hole Mm mm-hmm here we go look at this here we go I went and got it back though yeah it didn't go in the water I don't know the number of balls that went in the water today this is this is true when you're talking to me 
All right. Uh, so we're going Bills, Jets, Patriots. Patriots. Where's the Dolphins at? There they are. Right there. Let's go. We're going three rounds. Three rounds. Do normal draft speed. So Manual. I get to pick predictive board here. Something? And here we go. Look at that. What a surprise. Trevor Lawrence goes number one overall. Chris. Oh, my gosh. All right. We're letting Chris pick the Jets. We will pick the other three teams. Hi, Gurley. How are you doing, sir? Todd Gurley <laughs> is not signing. <laughs> Todd Gurley is at our window, though. He is. <laughs> Pawing at the door. He's going to be on next week. Todd Gurley will be on next week. Actually, I might be able to. All right. Chris, are you doing so, what everyone thinks you're doing? So, ultimately, I would rather them trade the pick, but if I had to pick a All player... All right, let's trade it. it. Let's trade it. Well. You can... I, there's a button for a trade. Come on. Oh, that's only exclusive or premium. I can't do that. Sorry. Never yeah, mind. so we can't trade in this mock draft. Right. So I'm if you want to pay for premium, I can I can trade it <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of the. No, mock we'll drafts. we'll we'll deal with that when we do like an actual mock draft before the draft. <laughs> I'll pay for it. All right. Uh, so so you what is your pick, Mister Zach Wilson? Wilson. All righty. All right, here we go. What we got here? Niners, Justin Fields, Kyle Pitts to the Falcons, Penny Sewell to the Bengals, Dolphins sitting at six. Number six. A lot of good players here. A lot of great players. But in my opinion, it's Jamar Chase or bust. Jamar Chase is the best receiver, in my opinion, this draft. Thoughts? I don't think you could go wrong with him or Jalen Waddle. I think a healthy Jalen Waddle, and he's already been at Bama. Devontae he knows. Smith. He knows. Devontae Smith. Well, it just depends on if you want. I like speed and size, and I think Waddle. Ha- I I think Devonte Smith is going to be a better receiver than what people think he was because of his size, but I think Waddle is just the perfect receiver for who you have at quarterback for the Dolphins, and they know each other. Is the thing. And here's the one position that Alabama has always been good at in the pros. And that is what? Receiving. And or being a running back. Mm -hmm. Running back's not as good as receivers. And so that takes nothing away from Chase. But I I would just go Waddle in that that pick for me. Chris, if you have anything to say or before you do, uh, just... To update, I got something across the Twitter feed here. The Bills have a new stadium. I don't know. Get the Bills have a new name for their stadium. Their stadium is now called Highmark Stadium. Wow. From Highmark. <laughs> Chris, do you have any opinion on the Dolphins pick, or are we selecting Jamar Chase? Well, I was going to say, in this scenario, I think Jamar Chase is the clear uh the clear-cut pick here, but <clears throat> I'm just thinking of like the scenario in which they have the choice between Chase or Pitts. I think that would be a much tougher choice. Ooh, Pitts would be a good pick. He's tough. But I think Chase is the clear-cut pick in this scenario. Yeah, yeah. Pitts going to four Atlanta. Not not a not a very popular pick. Uh, Still call Waddle. Should, should call Jack for that one just to see what he thinks about Pitts going. Down. <laughs> <laughs> All 
over Justin Fields. Trey Lance still sitting there. That's very interesting. Trey Lance still sitting there at, uh, after six picks. Could the Eagles actually? No, I'm just kidding. It's going to be the Panthers at number eight that get Trey Lance at this point. I could see that 100%. But uh, let's see here. Well, we got Jalen Waddell at seven. Look at that. Trey Lance to the Panthers. Micah Parsons to the Broncos. Sertan goes to the Cowboys. Okay. Devontae Smith to the Giants. Sertan be a great pick. Oh, my Lord. The the Mac Jones to the the Eagles Eagles. at 12. Oh, my God. That'd be a good. Oh, no. What are you doing, Philadelphia? That's not right. That is not right. Rashawn Slater to the Chargers here. Christian Darisol tackle run starting here. Christian Darisol to the Vikings. And Mac Jones going to the Eagles very much screws up the Patriots draft. They thought they were going to steal him at 15, but no. So number one need from the draft network is quarterback. We don't have that option. Linebacker is still available, though. Linebacker is still available. You just got to do two fingers and scroll down. That's um, linebacker is still available. JOK is still there. Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa out of Notre Dame. Um, I think that uh, you know wide receiver is still available as well. Um, not the top wide receivers though. All both of the Mama guys are gone. Rashad Bateman, the best wide receiver. I think they go. They already have one South Carolina corner. Stephon Gilmore. Horn is very good. He is a very good corner guy. Do they go another South Carolina corner and J.C. Horn here? Chris is the AFC East expert, so. I, I'm i trying to keep my mouth shut because I, I would hate to see them select J.C. Horn. I think he's going to be one of the better corners in this draft. Um, but they need help on – both sides of the ball. Obviously, you guys said quarterback, but they can't really go that here. Um, I could even see them going, uh, well, who's the offensive lineman left right now? Anybody worth taking at 15? That's exactly who I, I don't think so. I, that's who I think that, that they're going to do. I'm not to interrupt you. I think they're going to go with a the offensive line, whether that's who we have on the board. Or I actually think they go Travis Etienne. They have some injuries. I know they have Sonny. And they always get a backup, right? They, they always find someone to draft that can catch it in the in the backfield. But I could easily see them saying, okay, we got Hunter in tight end. We got the other tight end. We signed Cam Newton. And so you either go on the defensive side of the ball, whether that's Horn but I could easily see them going Etienne, even though you have Najee Harris, but I think he's handed off, run down the field. Etienne, you can flank out and catch some passes and run. So I could easily see them jumping on him. I think the issue with Travis Etienne's selection, they re-signed James White. They already had the white one They did, Rex okay. Burkhead. You're right, you're right. But, I mean, Etienne, though, is, I, I think, much better than, than, than Burkett or even White. Oh, yeah, he's a bona fide number one running back. But so, I think they go I offensive just, line or defense I just think in this that, one. Uh, so, who know, would be your... Running back's been so devalued in the last couple of years that... But I, I've never seen them the put an emphasis on offense this way. Is this true? But, but, but... To have a good offense, you have to have an offensive line, right? So I actually think they would go with an offensive lineman, but who are you going to pick here? Exactly. I don't think there's a 
there's a so do you go lineman worth worth selecting? Well, I mean, I think if you're they looking go at with, defensive tackle. I actually think they go with Oklahoma State's Tevin Jenkins. I, I actually I, think they pluck him here. Too high for me for my blood. I like J.C. Horn still. I think that's the pick. Uh, they're gonna probably end up losing mm-hmm. Stephon Gilmore in the next couple of seasons. Whether that's next year, I believe he's a free agent, actually. Uh, so I don't think they're going to re-sign him. They're going to go young at corner, starting in 2022 with J.C. Horn, J.C. Jack- Jackson. They'll have two J.C.s, yeah. just spelled differently, <laughs> uh, at the corner position. And I think that will <clears throat> solidify their corner position for the next four seasons. I, I actually I, w- I would second you taking Horn, because I told you he's he, – we I talked about him. We forgot – who was at their pro day, and he's really good. But I actually think they might stretch here, and you've seen them stretch at different positions. I could see them taking a defensive tackle. Why? Well, I selected J.C. Horn for them. Uh, so Cardinals went Elijah Vera Tucker here. Jeremiah Wusu koromoa I love that fit in Vegas. Solid linebacker selection. Back on the Dolphins' second first-round selection here. And number one. number It's got to be. It's got to be Najee Harris. They want to run the Alabama connection back with Tua. We didn't do it with the wide receiver at, at number six. We selected Jamar Chase, but Najee and Tua already want to run it back there in Miami. I think your only two picks here, in my opinion. Well, three. Sorry. You're either going running back. First three. First three guys there, I think. Yeah. Now, I actually would go outside of that. I think it's the two running backs or... OGR. Chris? I think, I think they could go Aziz. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I think it's either Harris or Ojolari right there. Um, but I did forget about the whole Alabama connection with Tua, so I think in this situation they'd lean more towards Harris. The only reason why I said the top three are the three that I would think that would be in play here. Obviously, running back is the need in Miami. So ETN versus Harris, it's whichever one. Pick your poison, whichever one you like. But Tevin Jenkins, see, now at 18, that's exactly where his rank is for the Draft Network predicted board. Uh, but we know the rankings are... Right, but Miami needs offensive linemen. They, they, their offensive line is not that great, you know. So I wouldn't rule out Tevin Jenkins here at number 18. But I, like I said, I, I would go with Najee Harris. I think that's going to be the pick here for the Dolphins at number 18. What do we got here? Washington going Tevin Jenkins right there. Rashad Bateman to the Bears. Greg Newsom to the Colts. Trayvon Morig to the Titans. Chris, you're up, buddy. Jets back on the board. Mm-hmm. Are you going Sam Darnold's next running back here? Or Zach Wilson's next running back, I should say. Gosh, that's a if he's if he's on the board. But they need but they do need Ed Rush. I just don't understand why you wouldn't take They need Ed yeah. Rush help though. I mean so my thinking here is you can go running back later as good as etn is as good as etn is is or is projected to be or whatever they just signed tevin coleman for a couple years they have p ryan from last year and they have a couple other guys too um and i feel like historically running backs in the first round don't really work out and they have a uh, much not, bigger that's, need. That's an old. That's an. I, <laughs> I actually would counter that with look at the last running backs taken. It just depends on if you want them for five to eight years. Yeah, 
But uh, no, they have a much bigger needed edge, and I think you'd have to choose right there between Ojolari and I mean, Quiddy Pay. If he if Aziz is there at that pick, that's a great that's a good pick in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I think I'd have to go there with Ojolari there for the Jets. Aziz Ojolari going to the Jets. Running backs have been pretty good though in the top. I mean. Got Steelers going, Caleb Farley, Terrace Marshall to the Jags. Thought thought ETN would go to the Jags there. Eric Stokes to the Browns, Quiddy Pay to the Ravens, Kadarius Tony to the Saints. Back at the Dolphins. Samuel Cosme to the Packers. Bills first selection. Look, look. I don't care what their draft needs are. I am going Travis ETN. Running game is the sole thing that the Bills missed poorly. In the playoffs. Oh, I agree. They need a bona fide running back. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, not getting it done. I I like ETN to the Bills. I think it's a he's steal. Still, it's a steal at 30. It's a steal. He's still on the board. He's still on the board. Yeah. If not, hey, Eagles, I was I was Eagles hoping that he'd next. slip all the way back to the Jets at 34 again, but it makes a good oh, it, oh, it's sorry, a good sorry, pick for the Bills here. I saw I saw the thing on the What's up, Chris? Sorry. I said I said that I was hoping he'd slide all the way back to the Jets at thirty four, but he's he makes sense here for the Bills. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I love his pass catching ability, guys. And I think that's an uh, for me, besides is your name Derrick Henry? Well you gotta you gotta catch and run nowadays in the NFL. Unless you're as big as Derrick Henry. The thing I would look to do for the Bills if I was them and I'm selecting Travis Etienne to 30, I would be on the phone literally right after this selection calling teams. All right, what do you want for – or what can I get from you for Devin Singletary? What, what can I get? What are you offering? Give me at least – because if they can get at least a five back, which is yeah. – or no, they he was a third rounder. Never mind. I don't remember. Whatever. Anyways, but still, I think a fifth a fifth round selection would be a solid value for Devin Singletary at this point. So, because I obviously they drafted Zach Moss in third round last year, they're not going to be giving him away. So, you know, Devin Singletary I think would be the odd man out, and I think Zach Moss Travis Etienne would be a very solid duo in Buffalo for years to come. Travis Etienne to the Bills, Nick Bolton to the Chiefs, Javante Javante Williams. Look at that, three running backs in the first round. Look at that. To the Bucks. Hey, people say they're they deep. don't need a running back. They Here's my thing: is people keep saying they're devalued, but they're receivers at the same time. Does that make sense? Like you're no longer mm-hmm. drafting a running back. You're you're drafting a flex player. I just still don't understand why the Bucks drafted a running Which, back there. They're valued in so many ways. But but they already got Leonard Leonard Fournette and Rob, well, I'm not Ronald, saying the Bucks. Jones. I'm just saying the stigma around running backs. Oh uh, yeah. All right, Liam Eikenberg to the Jags, start around two. Chris, back with the Jets. Already, yeah, I, already selected an edge rusher. Are you doubling know. down? Yeah, I was just saying, I don't, I don't like anybody that's on the screen right now. I, I wouldn't what? go with any of the guys that are on the screen. Oh, I would. Um, Zavin Collins. I'd go Collins all day. I mean, but I know they he have, played at Tulsa, they have but the needs, dude though. is a beast. Collins is a good pick, but uh, wait, scroll down to the next set of people again. Who's still there? 
I don't know. It would be. I Aaron think tough, Robinson's it would be a tough good. choice. It would be a tough choice for me between uh, somebody like uh, Raddins or Collins, but I don't know. Um, although, yeah, looking at it over again, yeah, I think I'd have to go with Zayvon Collins there. I like it. That's who I would have went with for the Jets. And if you wanted a playmaker, I actually maybe maybe it's too far down. I would have went to Elijah Moore. I really would have. It doesn't. I don't like numbers. I don't like numbers. I like fits. Does that make sense? And if you're Mm -hmm. gonna have a Zach Wilson, and you're gonna have maybe a a running back in the middle, you gotta go the best receiver at that point. And I think Elijah Moore could fall and maybe the best receiver. In the top 50. As much as I talk about Waddle and Chase, when's the last time that you saw someone go late became a good receiver? That's often. Yeah, second round is the mm-hmm. money pot for a receiver eventually. But, yeah. All right, so you're going with Zayvon Collins, and I, I do like Zayvon Collins because Zayvon yeah. Collins, That's, he has pass rush ability as well. That's three of us. He he pick. he passed he he passed rushed at Tulsa uh, very well as well as his linebacker duties. So, anyways, all right, Jets going Zaven Collins here, Falcons Jalen Phillips oh, wow. back to the Dolphins. Sorry, Jack. And this sets up very well for me. I'm keeping a guy in Miami. All Gregory right. Rousseau is uh-huh. a steal in the second round. I think he is a. He is the best uh, pure pass rusher in the draft. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with Gregory Rousseau here. I don't know what y'all think. And the Penguins just scored. Let's go. I'm going to I'm gonna second that. Yeah, I, was, I would think the same thing. I'm not going to have a lot, a lot of dialogue. I, I think the same thing. Like, hands down at that position, I take them. All right, Eagles going Aaron Robinson, Baron Browning to the Bengals, Dylan Raddins to the Panthers. Panthers having a fantastic draft at this point. Jason Owe to the Broncos, Davion Nixon to the Lions, Ronnie Perkins. Ronnie Perkins is making an entrance in the second round of the Giants. Elijah Moore to the Niners, Christian Barmore to the Cowboys, Pat Fryermuth, Trevor Lawrence getting a, a weapon right there. And look what this sets up for the Patriots, all right? I know I said WFT going Kyle Trask. No, I go Kyle Trask right here. I don't even see his name on the board. And I take Kyle Trask right here. The Patriots do need a quarterback of the future. He's not even in the freaking top 70. Take Kyle Trask. I don't even know where he's at. Where is he at? Number 100, way too low. Way, way too low for Kyle Trask. If you like your quarterback and you're keeping Bill Belichick, if you see Bill Belichick retiring... In the next three years, don't take him. If he's there for five years, take him. Does that make sense? People, I'm telling you, three years, don't take him. He's there five years, take him. Big difference. I think you already know that Jared Stidham is not your future. So, like I said, Kyle Trask, I think, is a fantastic second-round quarterback. So, it sucks, Washington. I I already already know. I, I said Washington, I think, would be a pretty good fit. 
but the Patriots need a quarterback first, and they're five picks ahead of you, and we can't do trades right now. So, Chris, do you agree with the Kyle Trask to Patriots selection here? Reluctantly, yes. I love <laughs> Kyle Trask, and I would hate to see him go to New England, but yes, this is a perfect pick for them here. And I think it fits, too. He's yeah. Tom Brady-esque. In, Even in, though, according you know, to this website, it's 54 picks too early. But, yeah. 54 picks too early. You go get your guy. Exactly. All right. Creed Humphrey to the Chargers. Kelvin Joseph to the Cardinals. In between is Levi and Wuzurike to the Raiders. Dolphins pick once again. And I love the, I love the top guy. Wyatt Davis. Come on. I mean, uh, you know. There's a lot of good offensive linemen. This this board right now sets up very well for the Dolphins. They need offensive linemen. Top two, I mean, Jalen Mayfield is also a steal in the second round. I believe he's a first-round tackle. So, I don't know. <laughs> Whichever way you want to pick, offensive lineman-wise here. Alabama has never. <laughs> Alabama produces some of the best offensive linemen. Can they really pick another Alabama guy though? I don't. I don't. I. 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 I sorry, I didn't think about that. I mean, they pushed him around in but the I mean, it's championship. Just, it's just like it's just like when you're drafting in fantasy, right, Chris? Well, let's go Ohio you're, State. You're gonna, We're going Davis. You gotta. You gotta take your guy. We're going Davis, regardless of how many guys you have on that team, right? Yeah, but. I don't know. Here, I think I'd go Davis because Dickerson does have that injury ACL. history. Coming off ACL tear in the SEC championship game, I do agree. But from what I heard, anyways, uh, he will be okay. St- I, I would still take Davis. I'll still take Davis. I agree. I, I just think Wyatt, I actually think I just they, think Wyatt Davis is perfect. He's healthy. Uh-huh. He's big. They they led the nation in in, in a lot of categories. It would literally, it would end up being the Davis brothers at guard yeah. for the Dolphins with Jesse Davis as the other guard. <laughs> so you're either getting Alabama if you do go these people, or you're going Davis's. Yeah, I, I agree. Wyatt Davis, pick right here for the Dolphins. Washington football team, they go Javon Holland, Landon Dickerson to the Bears, Jalen Mayfield to the Titans, Rondale Moore to the Colts. That's interesting. I, I, That's a good pick. I picked that one last week on Friday. When we did when we did the AFC South draft, I said Rondell Moore is staying in Indiana, going from Purdue to Indianapolis. That's a good pick for them. Josh Myers to the Steelers there, Joseph Osai to the Seahawks, your Rams taking Alex Leatherwood, Mark. Brevin Jordan to the Ravens, Amari Rogers to the Browns, Asante Samuel Jr. to the Saints. Buffalo back on the board. They re signed Matt Milano. So I don't think the top two linebackers, I don't, I don't think they're in the uh, equation right here. So let's go down past them here. We got Brady Christensen out of BYU off the tackle. The thing is, the thing that's hard to draft with the Bills is need. how many holes? They, they don't have any holes. Need. I mean, so, like, what is their need? I think I'm going to go with Joe Tryon. Edge rusher, they didn't get very much. They didn't get any pass rush really on Patrick Mahomes' AFC Championship game. Uh, Joe Tryon, I think, by far is the best edge rusher. Yeah, there's, there's. I, I, I'm gonna go, and I'll tell you why I'm going this guy. I'm going Molden, Elijah Molden, 
for Washington. And it's because if you want to get into the Super Bowl, you're going to have to have multiple people that can cover people on the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, can someone tell me a few people on the Kansas City Chiefs? Is their name Tyreek Hill? Is their name, uh, what's what's another name? Can, can uh, Miko or someone that can line up on the inside with Travis Kelsey and different people. And even though it might say cornerback first slot, that's not why it went that way. You can put pressure on the quarterback, but you have mul- you have to have multiple people when you run routes that are tired to come right in and, and give you breathers so that your best cornerback can come and play. And so I, I would I would solidify the secondary because if you want it in the Super Bowl, you're gonna have to stop people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny that you guys both picked those two guys. Cause those are the two guys that I was thinking about when we went to the when we came onto the Bills here, and uh, I mean, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of who the Bills have right now on their depth chart in those positions. I know they obviously have uh, Travis White at cornerback. But I'm blanking on who their second cornerback is right now. Levi Wallace. Yeah. And uh, in terms of the edge, I can't think of who their edge players are right now. Uh, Mario, um, Mario Addison. Mm-hmm. You need someone to um, them, too. But, yeah, I, I think uh, I would go more towards Mark's philosophy because, yes, <laughs> you want to – uh, obviously, we saw that the Chiefs lost because they pressure, had no offensive line, so the the line was able to get through easier, or whatever for the uh, for the Buccaneers. But when they do solidify their offensive line, you're going to need players in the secondary to cover all those weapons that they have, and I think that's why I would go there with Molden as well. But you don't need to cover as long if you get pressure right away. Just saying. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. That's why it's a, it's a dilemma, man. It's a. Dil- I agree a hundred percent. But I got outvoted, so I'm not taking Joe. <laughs> For Tryon. one time in your life, you got. We're gonna outvoted. take Elijah Molden. It's gonna be a bust, but okay. Whatever. Just saying. It's gonna be the best draft pick ever. I, I hope he is a bust, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Don't say that. Alrighty, uh, let's see. Packers getting Jameen Davis. Quinn Miners. Oh, I love it. I love Quinn Miners to the Chiefs. Back to oh, the Jets, my gosh. baby. Milton Williams to the Bucks here. Look at that. Joe Tryon. Joe Tryon to the Jags. Perfect fit right there. Second perfect fit mm-hmm. in Buffalo. All right, Chris. So, just to recap, Jets have Zach Wilson, Aziz Ojolari, Zayvon Collins. Do we go back offense? There's a, there's a wide receiver run coming. I'm telling you. You look at these. Look at all those guys. There's a wide receiver run coming at some point. But Brady Christensen's sitting there. Jabril Cox is there. Your guy, James Hudson. I know yeah. you like him. Well, I am I just noticed something that I didn't notice before, but I think I might go there with Brady Christensen because 100%. of the BYU connection with Zach Wilson. It's true. Gosh dang, I didn't even know. I didn't understand that. Oh gosh, I should have been looking. <laughs> I, I'm going to second that. I know um, Russie has something different, but I'm a big philosopher, and if you draft a quarterback, you better protect him. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with BYU or him knowing him, but I'm taking the best 
or or it, even if it's Cincinnati's. Yeah. Uh, you also I, have someone you have to throw to someone too. I understand. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I Nico personally is good. I personally would go the other offensive tackle. That's at the top of the order. As long as it's an offensive tackle for me, that's who you pick right now. Chris, why am I blanking on your tackle's name? Because he sucks. Becton? Yes, Mackay Becton. Or Fan. Mackay Becton playing at left tackle. You already said you don't want Panay Sewell at number two. Yeah. Uh, or if they trade back a couple spots. Uh, so this is why I would go with James Hudson, because I think Brady Christensen, while he is a third-round pick, I believe he's a left tackle eventually. Uh James Hudson, I'm not so sure on. Obviously, I, I know more about Brady Christensen. I've watched more BYU than I've watched Cincinnati this past season. So, But I, I believe James Hudson can probably play on the right side. Uh, so that will solidify the edges right away, uh, whether he starts in week one or not. But, yeah, that, that's what I would, I would go with James Hudson, though. And if, if you're not going tackle, yeah. though, if you're not going tackle, I will give you sleeper of the draft right here. This guy. Tommy Trammell, size, height, oh, height, height weight, speed. He's huge. He came to UGA and caught like six passes for 114 yards a couple years ago. Wasn't that, I mean, wasn't that the tight end? I'm talking about Trey McKitty. Oh, you're talking about yeah. Tommy Tremble. Tommy gotcha, Tremble. gotcha. Yeah, Notre Dame guy, sleeper of the draft, rising up draft boards right now. But y'all want to go yeah. with Brady Christensen, right? I like Brady here. Well, I'll take. I'll take. Uh, yeah. I, as long as it, as long as we're protecting Zach Wilson, I don't honestly care who you take. Well, I think I'd rather go Hudson because you made a good point, Rusty, that Ooh, you would right. need a right tackle more than left tackle. So let's um, take him. But you also make a good point with the tremble thing. But the only thing is with, I know it's a new regime and all that, but the Jets have historically yeah, not used tight ends very well. No, that's. I mean, that would have been my argument, but we're taking we're taking someone to. But protect. it's but it's Mike Lafleur's system where you use George Kittle in San Francisco. You still have to protect. Yeah. All right, so we're going. I James. think I would take my chances though, and maybe get McKitty later. In this going, one, going James Hudson here for the Let's Jets. Let's go. Let's go. Mm-hmm. All right, we got Texans. Tommy Togiai. I don't Jabril think Cox Christian to the Falcons. Richie Grant to the Bengals. Tommy Tremble to the Eagles. Let's go. Brady Christensen to the Broncos. Chad Surratt to the Lions. Ifeatu Malifonu to the Panthers. Nico Collins to Washington. Jamar Johnson to the Cowboys. Pete Mauer to Dolphins. the Giants. Carlos Basham to the Chargers. Tutu Atwell to the Vikings. Jackson Carmen to the Raiders, Hamsa Nazarel Dean to the Raiders. This is a tough And one. we filled a, a crap load of Dolphins needs right now. I I feel bad that Jabril Cox already went because that would have been solid for the Dolphins. I actually think the Dolphins is setting in front of us. You guys can go a different position. I'm definitely going the wide receiver here. Because at this point, mm-hmm. I mean if you I they have a good defense, guys. That that's what they they were known for last year. And so what do you think is the best wide receiver right now? And I can make a case for all of you guys, but I'm taking Brown from North Carolina. I think that the cor- the cor- or quarterback, the, the, um, what Tua? was it? No, at the, uh, um, how, H. Oh, uh, Sam Howell? 
this wide receiver made him that good. That put him on the map a little bit. He's a big guy. He catches in traffic. He's physical. And that's just me as a person. I like big physical wide receivers. You're never going to have a Megatron again. Julio Jones, you can't replicate. But I really think this could be the still of the draft, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they should go receiver here, too. But I don't know. I was thinking more of the top guy on the board there with uh, Eskridge is, Dwayne Eskridge. He's fast. He's fast. Mm-hmm. He's more of the Swiss Army knife kind of guy. I think he could do a lot. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's the guy that we were talking about that was kind of like the Corderell Patterson kind of yes. guy in this draft, right? Exactly. But what was what was – what was Cordell Patterson like? He was great for one year. Now he's bounced around. He's okay. Hey, he's been fantastic for the Chicago Bears. I mean, he's been he's been <laughs> good, but he wasn't. He's not. Is he is he a Pro Bowl? Well, because he transitioned to a running back, I think that's made his career even prolonged. Yeah, but that's because he couldn't cut it as a wide receiver. <laughs> this is true. But he's one of the best returners in NFL history. And so my question is, what? Where's the return game going in the future? Right, and you can't you can't pick you can't pick a returner saw just for the return, you know, in in the third round. So, but, but Chris, uh, I don't know if you had any more on Dwayne Eskridge. If you wanted to keep going, or I can oh, go. No, I was just that was my argument that he I think has more value to him because he can be all those different kind of. Thanks. Swiss Army. Well, mm-hmm. I would not go receiver here. Uh, one receiver was enough for me. Dolphins already have solid receivers in Preston Williams and Devontae Parker. I like them along with Jamar Chase. I'll say who I would go with right. if I was going receiver here. but uh, I don't believe in the receivers. That's, that's different. I, I would uh, actually so go with... Uh, you know, I was going to say Tyson Campbell out of Georgia. Um, you know, they, but they're already paying big money for Byron Jones. They are. They are. You're right. I, I, for, and they also have, um, why am I blanking on him? Xavier Howard. Yep. Xavier Howard. Uh, so they're already pretty solid at corner. So that's why I would go edge rush. And it's not, you know, I'm not picking Janarius Robinson. For one, I don't know that much about Janarius Robinson, but I do know about Peyton Turner. Peyton Turner's another guy that's kind of sleepy. Very solid production at Houston. You know, he's very raw, just like this guy down here, who is quite the sleeper in himself, Quincy Roche. But I, I like Peyton Turner as the pick. I know we all picked three different people. But well, we will, we will see. I'm I'm taking back my pick because I totally forgot that we had them taking Jamar Chase at the beginning of the draft. <laughs> so I don't think that they need a receiver here. Either. Oh, they do. Here, here's a th- I I love you guys, but you guys realize that they were the head of their division and then they stopped scoring, and you 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 got to score. Their defense isn't going to get any worse. So you either got to go tight end or wide receiver. You guys can pick, but I'm telling you, you got to put that that this team showed. And I'm a big believer that 
defense wins championships. But if you can't score, your defense can't necessarily win ball games for you guys. It's just it's mm-hmm. not cap- it's not capable unless you play. And so you get one wide receiver. That doesn't mean that you sh- shouldn't go get another wide receiver. That doesn't make any sense, especially when three wide receivers are looking you in your face. This is going to be a direct shot at you, Mark. But you can win a game strictly by playing defense and special teams if you're playing the Rams. Well, yeah, but with you, Jared Goff, you still you still had to go that game over literally. They freaking they only played I defense. I can't stand him. Well, he's a he's a Detroit Lions now, game. but now I have a 40 year old quarterback that I don't even know if he can touch his toes. She's she's. She's in rice. He's only thirty. <laughs> no, he's like he's my age. He's thirty-five. <laughs> okay. No, I love you guys. You guys out. You guys outnumbered me. So I, Chris, I'm telling you, you guys need a wide receiver. Chris, are you going with me on Peyton Turner? That's way far down. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Well, before we do that selection, why can't you? Get I will a tell you. Why can't you? If because go, I already you, said they have Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. They already got edge rushers. You're just taking but, another one. I, I said before I said my spiel about Peyton Turner, if I did pick a wide receiver, I wouldn't pick either of the guys that you picked. I would go with the guy that I have my mouse on right now. Tylen Wallace, fantastic production at Oklahoma State. He does. Has injury concerns, I go, agree. I'm going to go Diamond Brown. But he is explosive as hell. He's going to be a steal. And, yeah. I, no, I I'm praying about the, North Carolina. Oh, I don't know. I like Tylen Wallace to the Eagles, so... All right, we're on Peyton Turner here, though. So every let's North do it. Carolina highlight. Washington. Walking oh my lord, Paulson Adebo to Washington. That's a steal. Oh look at Tyler Wallace to the Eagles. I told you, David. He won't fan out because he's an Eagle. Tyson Campbell to the Bears. There, Tyler Wallace, the Eagles. Dwayne Eskridge, fan, uh, interesting selection to the Titans. Titans. All right, they lost Chris. A lot of wide receivers. Last pick for the Jets here. Well, I have a couple options here to pick. Receivers I was on the going board. to think about. God. I was going to think about the uh, corner from Georgia, but then he just got taken right there a few uh, picks ago. But that's what I would have took if he was. A I'm looking at. Oh. <laughs> I'm looking at a few players there, and. We were talking about how they need running back help before. I kind of like uh, Michael Carter there from UNC. But, uh, I don't know, looking at the other guys that are available, I mean, we still need the offensive line help there for with uh, – who was that? I just saw. What? The interior offensive lineman. Trey Smith, uh, Tennessee. Oh, Trey Smith. There. Oh, he's I know good. you love Trey Smith, Chris. He's... Damn. <laughs> Number five, right on your on your board. Yeah, um, I don't know. That's a tough decision here, but yeah, I think I'd have to go and protect Wilson even more there with oh, Trey Smith. Dang. Do you want me to go, or you want? To... Please go. Yeah, I mean, there a lot of options for the Jets, like you said, Chris. You know, you still have two receivers on the board there. Mark's Diami Brown and, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown. so good. I don't think Amon Ross St. Brown was the best receiver that USC had this year, just saying. Uh, they had another guy That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, named Tyler Vaughns that I think is 
better. But uh, I do agree, Chris. Michael Carter at running back, him him and Javante Williams are very solid. I would actually argue, though, for Kenneth Gainwell if you're going to go running back. Kenneth Gainwell's dynamic didn't uh, – I don't think he played this year uh, as far as – No. I, no, yeah, he was an opt-out at Memphis. But they always he's have- – they He's always have literally good running backs, uh, right. Angela Williams and, and, and Antonio Gibson right now. Uh, but yeah, I I would argue for Dan- Kenneth Gainwell. He was fantastic at Memphis in 2019. So um, that's who I would go with. Overall, though, you know, I don't know. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with Kenneth Gainwell. Sure. All right. Who do you have at wide receiver on your board right now? Without this draft, who's catching the ball from your new quarterback? Jamison Crowder. Pretty solid. Real solid. They have, mm-hmm. uh, oh, crap, who did they sign? Corey Davis. Corey Davis, that's right. Okay. And they got Denzel Mims from last year. Denzel Mims, All right. second round. Easy pick year. for me. I'm going Sean Wade. Easy. People don't realize that the NFL is a pass game. I don't care if people try to say they won the game by handing the ball off. Yeah, your game plan might want you to hand the ball off 23 times or 30. But you still have to throw the ball. And the New York Jets football team need a, needs a quarterback. And I actually think falling this late in the draft, Ohio State, guys, when you think of running back university, you think of linebacker university. Ohio State's known for cornerbacks. I'm taking Sean Wade mm-hmm. easily. Easily. All right, Chris. We all said different people, but this is your team. So who are you going with? I mean, you got to stop the Bills. Well. You going with your guy? Kevin yeah. Smith? No, I I would probably go with uh, the guy that Mark was just talking about <laughs> because – Cornerback is a bigger need for the Jets at this moment. Persuaded him. Um, <laughs> that and, might uh, not be the issue in yeah. round three or six, but right now, if he's on the board, I, I like that draft pick. Mm-hmm. All righty. Sean Wade is the selection for the Jets at 86. Steelers going with, oh, I love it. Michael Carter. Trey Smith to your Rams. A lot of offensive line help for L.A. Genarius. We need it. We need it, y'all. Janarius Robinson to the Browns. Ben Cleveland, Georgia boy, going to ben, Minnesota. Where? Minnesota? Yeah. Are, Mar- <laughs> are we on the Bills? Marlon Tui Pelotu to the Browns as well. I'm in, oh, Aaron Rodgers got a boy. I'm All right, Ross, so I'm not going to be any – I don't care if you guys agree with me or not. I'm going to go first. You have almost an MVP candidate cornerback. You got Stephon Gilmore. I'm – I'm picking a wide receiver right now, and I'm picking the first available. Sorry. Stephon Gilmore is your speed, Diggs. and I think Stephon Brown. Diggs. Stephon Diggs. Sorry. Oh, God. Gilmore's cornerback. Excuse me. <laughs> I said that three times. Belay my last. You got speed. I'm throwing it up to Brown. He's coached by Mac Brown, who's already showed him some NFL-type offense. Mac Brown, people don't realize – you can won one championship at Texas, but his best products in the NFL were wide receivers. We're talking about Roy Williams. We're talking about other people. Brown, I think, fits the mold for them, especially red zone-wise. 
right. Well, you didn't go Joe Tryon at the last pick when I thought we, I said, needed edge rush for the Bills. So, Quincy Roche is sitting there. Quincy Roche, yep. Very solid guy from Miami. All three Miami guys, I think, are solid, the edge rushers this year. Uh, Why is he so late, though? And, and I, because he's raw. Uh, he had he came over from Temple, had a pretty good season in 2019, didn't play in 2020, uh, which gave Jalen Phillips the opportunity to play very well. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Actually, <laughs> when I scrolled down, when I scrolled really down, good. Hunter Long. Oh my god, really dude! Good. I love Hunter Long. Hunter Chris... Long's really good. Maybe you could stretch the field with Diggs <laughs> and have Hunter Long underneath. That's the but only thing that's missing on their offense is a tight end. No, but they well, they're said not running back, good but... in the red zone, and Brown answers that. So I I don't know. I'm not gonna be mad. I don't think there's any other pick right here. It's either Brown or Long. Yeah. I don't. You want to go edge I'm rush? Going, I'm going Quincy Roche. That's my pick. Nah, I'm going Brown or Long here. Chris. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to be able. You got to yeah. score points to beat the Chiefs. They already showed their defense. Yeah, it's it. It's a, it's a tough call here, but, uh, I think I'd have to go with. Hunter Long, because I, I, like I second the, that. So the fact that you can throw it at different levels there. I'm going with you on Hunter Long then. See, and yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Like You'd I said, be quiet, Hunter Long. You'd be quiet, Hunter Long. I love Hunter Long. <laughs> Y'all know. I didn't realize he was down. That's a. Gr- I think that's that's a heck of a steal. No, oh, I love Hunter Long, and I think they could actually. I mean, obviously Dawson Knox is not as good, but. They, they could they a, could have they, they could rival had. the Patriots oh in the God. division for the best dynamic best tight end duo. I actually thank you, Chris. That's I think that's a way better pick than Brown. All right, Chiefs going. Well, if Brown McNeil. goes this late. God, there you go. Deami a... Brown to the Bucks. <laughs> to the Bucks. Brady gets another weapon. <laughs> Guys, that is because they, <laughs> they did let him go to they, lost, they, they lost their uh, they lost uh, who he signed with. Is it Godwin? No, they haven't lost anyone. No, they lost one receiver. The only one that's still not signed is Antonio Brown. That's true. But they lost. Maybe. Chris Godwin, they signed as a franchise tag. Man, I thought they were. They didn't lose anybody. They re signed <laughs> all their starters. They re signed 22, 22 starters. There's no way that. Then he wouldn't have. A, <laughs> if they added He's him. He's like the fifth string wide receiver. Because they, they already him, have Tyler Johnson would, from last year. If they added him, I would just. Okay. Patriots. What do we got for the Patriots so far here? Uh, we got Kyle Trask, quarterback of the future. Also, J.C. Horn. So, <laughs> New England. We already uh, attempted to do a running back earlier. It did not work out too well. Uh, <laughs> we, we already got a corner, so, you know, those guys are probably out. But Spencer Brown is looking pretty good right now. Top pick right there. Um... Other than that, I mean, J. Tufele, I would say, is another solid option here. But, yeah, I'm, I think, I, I don't know. I know off of the tackle is way down here on the needs list. But I'm going to go Spencer Brown. I think he has positional versatility for one. And uh, Cam Newton needs all the help he can get on offense to protect him. So. Actually, 
Like, I don't have any rebuttals or remarks or... You have to protect you know, what you have at this round, in my opinion. You know, it sucks that Deami yeah. Brown went one pick ahead of the Patriots, and that could have been your pick finally for Deami Brown. <laughs> I, I think that would have been great for the Patriots, but I think I think you have to protect Cam Newton, let him have some time. I don't I don't know what his throwing is anymore. I think he has an arm, but I don't know about his accuracy. Does that make like a lot of that can be mental? I think he has an arm to throw it downfield all day long. But can he fit it in a window? And mm. having someone to protect him is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, I I think that wide receiver is probably the biggest need for them right now. But as Rusty or yeah, it's Rusty who's scrolling right. As you're scrolling down here, there's not many wide receivers left here. Um, I don't really like any of those guys there uh, for this pick, at least. So, yeah. And who was the number one linebacker there? Cameron McGrone from Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I don't like filling the major needs with, like, late, later round picks or middle round picks, I should say. Um, so, I don't know. I... I would either go with the safety or that offensive tackle at the top of the draft. Yeah, the only guy that I, when I scrolled down even farther that I would think of right here, this guy right here, Andre Sisco at safety. Patrick Chung just mm-hmm. retired. I don't know too much about our Darius Washington. Uh, obviously, Trayvon Morgs teammate there at TCU. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, st- I still like Spencer Brown as the pick here. All right, we got Chargers going our Darius Washington, Jordan Smith to the Saints, Deontay Smith to the Cowboys, Elijah Griffin to the Titans, Keith Taylor to the Lions, Kenneth Gainwell to the Niners, Cameron McGrone, Cameron McGrone to your Rams, Mark, linebacker. And who is the Mr. L? Deontay Brown to the Ravens, Mr. Relevant in our draft anyways. Andre Sisko to the Saints, solid Saints selections there. Here are Wouldn't our picks. That. Here are our picks. They will be up on Instagram Love later. Zach Wilson, two to the Jets. Dolphins taking Jamar Chase at six. J.C. Horn to the Patriots at 15. Dolphins Still taking think the Niners Najee Harris to the 18. Aziz Ojolari to the Jets at 23. Second round. or Still first round. Never mind. Travis Etienne to the Bills at 30. Zayvon Collins at 34 to the Jets. Dolphins at 36 going Gregory Rousseau. Kyle Trask, the Patriots at 46. 50th is the Dolphins taking Wyatt Davis. Bills at 61st going Elijah Molden. 66th is the Jets taking James Hudson. Dolphins at 81 taking Peyton Turner. 86th, the Jets take Sean Wade. 93rd, the Bills take Hunter Long. And 96th, the Patriots taking Got Spencer Brown. 93. Hunter Long, that that would be. I don't know, guys. I I think that was a, that was a pretty good, solid mock draft. Um, it was a solid draft. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what of those four teams won because, like I like we said, I think they all had a pretty solid mock draft there. But uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's the end of the show. Uh, I didn't put the last slide up, but uh, as always, on Football Friday, we'll have the uh, FCS previews for the weekend in college football. 
Also Go have all the NFL and NCAA news. Missouri State in the top 25 this for the first time this week. This is true. Uh, they don't play a game, though, however. <laughs> uh, yeah, and also don't forget to follow us on all our social media, at FAA Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, as well as here on YouTube. Check out our Facebook page. Yeah, check out our website, FAAPodcast.com. Hit the little shop button at the top right corner. Check out all our swag. Chris has a sweatshirt mm-hmm. on right now, showing it off. <laughs> Pretty yep. comfy, I, I think. I love it. So, uh, it is. Right. yeah, just check out some of that stuff. And uh, thanks, guys. We'll see you on Friday. Bye. See you later.